Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and good evening from a very warm Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Bill Sparks, and welcome to Sports Lounge Live. Flip it over to Chris, and he'll set everything up and tell us the date and the show number. Okay, well, today is, um, <laughs> yeah, sure, I will. Yeah. Uh, June 29th, <laughs> yes, I, that's right. My father, if he were still with us, would be 110 today, my mm. goodness. Anyway, so, uh, and my brother just turned 70, my brother David, so happy birthday to him. And not that he's listening out there, I, I've been telling him about the show, and, oh yeah, you know, that's what he said. So anyhow, uh, show number 150 on this June 29th, uh, 2021, and of course... Another milestone, another milestone, we're up to 150. 150, yeah. and coming close to our three-year anniversary, that'll be in a, just a little over a month. And of course, the 4th of July is Sunday, so I hope everybody has a nice 4th and gets uh, back to having the normal kind of 4th of July you, you all expect, and... Uh, just don't and blow Canada your hand off. For, um, Canada Day for Canadian Canada Day, Day uh, in a couple of days on, on uh, Thursday. Yes, that's right. So anyway, we've got a, a busy show, of course, as we always do. We have, we're going to uh, do, of course, go through the panel, see what's going on in the various necks of the woods. Uh, we have NASCAR stuff. We have some golf stuff, college sports, you know, the college uh, baseball tournaments continuing. The NCAA is trying to figure out what to do about image, name, and likeness. Uh, we, of course, have MLB to talk about. NBA playoffs continue, and um, some of the coaching jobs have been filled. Uh, we have the Olympics. We're going to give you both rosters, the men and women's uh, uh, basketball teams. Uh, we have uh, NFL, a couple of small notes. It's their vacation, so they're not working yeah. too hard. And then uh, the NHL and boxing. So uh, I think uh, I'll start with the death list, of course. That's the last thing we do after we have our um, sports poll question. And Sean's got an interesting one. And uh, this, this uh, could take us in any number of directions today. He'll tell you about that in a few yeah. minutes. But the death list, we have, I think we have six deaths this week, so it's pretty much average. We have Rene Robert, 72 years old, part of the Buffalo French Connection line with uh, Gil Perot, and I couldn't for the life of me think of who the third guy was on that line. If Rick or Robert, if you guys oh. can come up with it, uh, you win a, win a swell prize. Um, um, wow. Uh, that's going to uh, take some thinking. Yeah, think. I, I did remember Gil Perot, and I couldn't remember him for a while, but, uh, you know, that was uh, they were great teams in the mid-70s, and Rene yeah. Robert was part of that. Brian London, 87 years old. He fought uh, Floyd Patterson, Muhammad Ali, and uh, King Omar Johansson. He lost all three, but he was uh, one of the British fighters and a uh, big uh, fighter in Europe. And then mm-hmm. we'll talk about his fight with uh, Muhammad Ali uh, in August of 1966. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dwight. Uh, uh, 
uh, Tebler, I think his name, uh, first Nebraska no-hitter. I, I think I wrote that down wrong on this sheet, but I've got it right on the other one. First Nebraska no-hitter in baseball in 1957, and he pitched for the Minnesota Twins in the 60s. Then we have Patrick Allen, defensive back, and uh, 59 years old, Utah State. And, of course, of the Houston Oilers, yes, every week there was a Houston <laughs> Oiler, former Oiler, who does not uh, – as Howie, Howie Carr, our talk show host here, said, does not come down for breakfast. Yeah. Then we have Jack Ingram, 84 years old, a NASCAR pioneer. And then we had Brian uh, Bamford, 84 years old, a uh, European pro uh, golfer. And Sergio uh, Victor Palma, 65 years old, the WBA Super Bantamweight champion in the uh, early 80s. And so let's see, as far as the panel is concerned, let me get this out of the way and do the panel. Well, we have a new coach for the Celtics, and I've been working on pronouncing his name all week, and uh, I've come up with – now, it was weird the way this happened, and I don't know how they re- released this information. Usually it's pretty straightforward. He had his press conference yesterday, which is fine, and, you know, but I started to hear about it on the local media like Wednesday night, like I was already supposed to know about it somehow, and I didn't hear any sports shows on Wednesday, and I don't always, but it was like people just started talking about it, like, well, this is happening, and, and like it wasn't even announced. Usually we have uh, some of the other ones we're going to have later, come out and pretty straightforward but Ime Udoka I think is, is the way he pronounced yeah, you got, yeah. it yeah. evidently you and, weren't listening last week because I brought him out I did, yeah. uh, well he's I knew pop, where we, he's a I heard his name <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no Ime Udoka and he's uh, been co- you know he's from the the tree of um, uh, Popovich Pop, I yeah. guess and he was with him he was in, in Philadelphia he was with uh, I guess uh, Brown in Philadelphia before uh, before Doc then he went to New Jersey yeah. so he's been around and he already has a relationship with Marcus Bar- Smart and uh, Tatum and uh, Brown so he's in good shape with that and former player and Spurs so forth briefly too great former yeah, player so. with Spurs sister with Spurs yeah uh, okay Popovich so uh, yeah. So we'll see how he does. Uh, I also heard, I was reading in the, the Globe the other day, Yogi Berra had a stamp come out uh, the other yes. day, which yep. I did yep. not know, and uh, so that's cool. And Dan Shaughnessy had one of his uh, trivia questions. Here, here are the players who hit home runs as teenagers and then after 40 years old. Ty Cobb, Rusty Staub, Gary Sheffield, and A-Rod. That's so right. That, that's a pretty uh, interesting group of, of players. So, and the other thing that's going on here, it was 94 degrees just now. I asked Miss A again, and it was raining here briefly about half an hour ago, and I stuck my head out. It was very strange, like walking into a shower because it, it was so hot. Normally here when it rains, it, it gets cool right away, but it was still 94 degrees and having a brief shower. So strange weather all over the place. So, And here's yeah. Rick Swan. His name doesn't ever get mentioned on the whole panel thing, so we should give, uh, give him a full introduction. I'm incognito. Um, yeah. You were talking. The funny thing is, Chris, you were talking about the rain there, and um, I, you know, we're on, Chris and I only live a few miles apart, and as far as I know, it didn't rain here. But just as we climbed here, we got a huge clap of thunder here. Oh, we got no thunder, thank you. Yeah. And uh, I know the sun, the sun is still up, right? But that doesn't mean it's not raining the way this weather's going. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just wanted to um, wish people happy Independence Day coming up Sunday for the people who know what that is. You know, sure. Matt Perry last week said there's some people in the survey that didn't. Um, and also, wish, uh, as far as candidate Thursday, also wishing everybody a happy Bobby Bonilla Day. That's right. Oh, that's right. Why don't you tell everybody, because we mentioned we were going to talk about this week. Why don't you just interrupt right now and tell us what Bobby Bonilla Day is? Well, Bobby Bonilla, as you remember, was back in 2000, Bobby Bonilla was being released. But he had like, what, a, a 20 or $30 million bonus that they had to pay out. So he took it out at like $1.8 or $1.9 million a year. And it goes all the way through 20, 
35 because of interest. So every July 1st, Bobby Bonilla gets another payment. <laughs> yeah. And funny. Steve yeah. and Steve Phillips says everybody still mentions that to him, so he has to live with that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because he's well, the one mentioned that it on every news sports show on that day. They talk about it every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, good week here with the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees, and yeah. I was no, I was noticing Sunday when I'm watching the Red Sox, and they're they're ahead nine to two, so they're gonna they're gonna complete the sweep. And at the time, the Angels were beating Tampa Bay. The Red Sox were into the game a half a game behind Tampa Bay. So I'm thinking, okay, good, this is going to go into first place. And then Tampa Bay went ahead of the Angels. And at, at first I said, ah, and then and then I says, well, you know, this means that there's another team, a, another game ahead of the Yankees. And it just made me realize that it, I hate the Yankees much more than I like the Red Sox. <laughs> you know, this is a, I know we I know we were in or when a um, you know everybody loves everybody kumbaya society now, but I hate the you know if I had a choice if you gave me a choice on any given night, you know if, you know there were standings considerations I could change it, but on a, on any given night if you gave me the choice between having the Red Sox and Yankees both win or having the Red Sox and Yankees both lose, I would pick to have them both lose. <laughs> Eddie Endelman here on the sports photo used to have a Yankees elimination party every year. Yeah. He would call places in New York, funeral homes in New York, and talk to them about oh, that's the right, Yankees yeah. had been eliminated. So that was pretty funny. But, uh, you know, it's funny. We, they were talking about that sometimes on the on the games the last couple of weeks with uh, Joe and Will. And, you know, Joe has so ingrained now to root against the Yankees. Of course, he grew up as a Yankee fan, but once he got to the Red Sox, so ingrained to root against the Yankees. And, you know, Will was saying, look, it's more important for Tampa Bay. When they were playing Tampa Bay, said, it's more important for Tampa Bay to lose right now than the Yankees, you know, and he couldn't get it through Joe's head. Yeah. So it just, uh, some people, it's just difficult to, I, I always play the numbers, you know, whatever is yeah. good for uh, the Red Sox, that's what I look at. The, and just, the, Yankees, I, I, are, the Yankees are such a mess right now that yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really think some changes are going to have to I be made. I think George there. would have fired half of every, half of everybody yeah. by now. Yeah. And I, okay. I, I've been mean to ask you guys this year because I don't listen that much on uh, games on radio. Does Susan Wallman never do play-by-play? She no, does not. It's all, no. It's, it's no. Only John, if John is late oh. from the bathroom for a couple of pitches. You know, <laughs> a couple of pitches. Yeah, but that's it. It's it's he he is like, getting older. It seems like you wouldn't get away with that these days with the. You know, no, you know what? Never not have, yeah. No, no, you know, no. It really has nothing to do with that. She's not really a trained play-by-play person. He likes to do it. That was one of the problems that he had with some other, like Charlie Steiner, Steiner was, and Michael. Not K. big enough for both yeah. of them. Michael Kay was fine. Because, I think he was fine with Michael Kay because Michael Kay, he sort of trained Michael Kay, but then yeah. Michael wanted his own booth, which is fine. You know, go to right. TV like Dave O'Brien is on TV, and that's right. fine. You know, people do that. But I yeah. don't think I think they get along fine. I think that Charlie Steiner and him that, that was not working at all. He, you know, he had a little bit of issue with that with the Braves, but like especially like with Skip Carey, because I mean they got along, but Skip, yeah. you know, of course. Well, we all know who Skip. Skip always always found party. So you know, yeah. Like he had some. I mean, Pete and Ernie knew that. Okay, we stay out of his way a little bit, you know, because let him go and just you know. But yeah, yeah, a little bit with the phrase. Okay, I've used up enough time, Barry. <laughs> Barry. You know, though, I, I, Rick, I, I must say that with that Cubs Cardinals thing, I have the same animosity with the Cardinals as, as you do the Yankees. Um, it's a good hate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and, a, and yeah. some of these people who you talk to that I'm a Cubs and a Cardinals fan, it's like, no, you can't. Die. You can't <laughs> do that. That's like being a Texas and Oklahoma fan. Yeah, right? You can't yeah. do that. I yeah, I don't but, think I've ever heard anybody say they're a Red Sox and a Yankees fan. fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah. last night, yeah. the, the 
Cubs uh, announcers did travel. Pat Hughes was was very excited to be in Milwaukee um, to be doing the game. And even the TV booth, uh, Shambi and, and Deshays traveled to. Uh, the game didn't go so well. It was 14-4 to Brewers after a 10-run eighth inning. Uh, the I-Cubs, as we know, are in Indian- Indianapolis this week, and it's hot there. And uh, I do see that uh, David USF has his hand up. And, David, we will get you in as soon as we get through the panel. And on yeah. that note, Bill, we'll turn it to you. And I'll make it real brief because we don't want to keep David waiting. Um, I've been no. spending a lot of the last week working on putting sports news resources together. So I thought, I'm going to come in better prepared. So I put together a daily list of small podcasts that I think are the top podcasts for sports, news feeds from all the sources and Twitter, and of course, the athletics. So now I'm broadening out. I'm getting a lot of national news and can keep up to date on all of my stuff. So been doing we may have that. to expand the show another hour. You're going to know so much stuff. And Bill and I talked earlier today, we're going to, he and I are going to start sharing some resources too. That way then he'll have a few more. I'll have a few more. So we'll have some more things. Right, and we're going to work on that, and then, you know, just just putting the content together. And you may see coming up over the next months on Sports Lounge, you're going to see some topics thrown out there, not only like Sean does with his one little, you know, the poll question, yeah. but yeah. we're talking about topics. And oh, yeah. so that's, uh, we're going to try to good. get a... See, more, but see, that's yeah. what um, that's what I think people kind of want. And the, yes. the other, yeah. remember a couple weeks ago, I think everybody was like, when Jamal and I got into this d- debate over the DH, people love that stuff. Whether oh. you know whether people think it's good or not, people right. love that stuff, and that's what they listen re- for. Remember when Chris and I got in a fight over the, si- the reseeding of that's the right. playoff thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and and right. one more minute with my time, I'm going to say, I've been, just for the fun of it, been watching the Reds on television a few nights, and... While I may not be real wild about the play-by-play, the announcers are good, but your pregame and post-shows are just awesome. And the research that, that they can put out on the television is just outstanding. I will say a lot of the Valley sports, you know, they used to be Fox Sports, this and that. A lot of their pregames and postgame shows are very good. They put a lot into those. And those, I recommend a lot of those, especially if you have sports packages, You even though you can't get the game, in a lot of cases you'll get the pre- and postgame shows, you can get a lot of information about teams that way. Oh, yeah, that's just a good I just wanted to point that out. And let's turn it over oh. to my friend and the 530, Robert. Hey, all right. Well, um, I'll follow up on that. I, um, now, I, I'm a DirecTV subscriber, so I have the sports package, and uh, I enjoy going through uh, the channels because a lot of times they will replay the like the post game show from from various games, and a lot of times you can go through and you can pick up very good information. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, they may be bitter rivals, but they they do have very good post game shows. 
Mm-hmm. And in some cases, and, Robert, they replay the games too. Yes, in some cases. Yeah, yeah, in some cases. But in a lot of cases, unless you subscribe to MLB Extra Innings, you don't get access to those replays like the anymore. Ranger, yeah, the Rangers replay. The Rangers yeah. replay. I know the Astros replay. So, anyway, um, it's very hot here. We're we're still in our heat advisory. I'll be glad when it goes back to semi-normal temperatures. Uh, we constantly have to watch about uh, about various fires, so things are pretty much status quo around here. And of course, I've been watching a lot of fights, so um, I'll I'll have boxing tidbits, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometime. Maybe your mom was thought maybe yeah. your mom was getting into it with a bunch of neighbors and stuff. Though. Oh no, well <laughs> I, she, I, she, she she feels like it sometimes. Or fighting the dog, one of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. Uh, let's let's hurry up and do Sean so David can get into David, it. David, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the weather. We're joking how here in Texas we have Seattle-type weather, and in Seattle <laughs> they have even hotter than Texas weather because we're ra- it's, it's raining today. It's in the low to mid-80s. It's been in the low 80s the last couple of days. So it's like, and in Seattle having 110-degree weather, and we had snow in February. They said it's a thousand-year whatever they call it, thousand-year something. I forget. I heard a name for it, but yeah, yeah. who wrote it down but, back then that they knew it happened? You know, but yeah, but they <laughs> said scientists have studied that something every thousand years something happens. But yeah, anyway, uh, you can definitely tell we're getting closer to football season because one of the the Phil Steele uh, college football magazine came out yesterday, and here in Texas we have Dave Campbell Tech Dave Campbell. Texas football magazine, which covers every high school, every college, every pro, and even the junior colleges. They break down stuff. There's about 1,300 high schools in Texas, so you can definitely tell that the, that the football season is getting near. But anyway, also something else that is getting near is our poll question, of course. And I got this idea. Actually, I stole this from Chad and Trey on 104.9 The Horn because <laughs> yesterday was the anniversary of Tyson Holyfield too, the, the ear-biting incident in 97. So I started thinking about what some of y'all strangest things that you've witnessed, either you know been there live or part of a broadcast. You were strangest things in sports. And of course, you can dial in for that or anything else by downloading the Zoom app or 646-876-9923, then enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. And if you're not listening live, you can call in throughout the week, uh, the 773-572-7715, or the 800-693-0595, option two is working, so say it's for Sports Times Live. Or you can email us at sportslimes at allthingsradio.net. But we love to take calls, just like we do for our man David, the ultimate sports fan, who I know has some great wisdom to say. So That's correct. David, come on in. Not easy to unmute sometimes. He's there unmuted. Ah, there you are. He is unmuted. Just popping in to say uh, nothing major. Just uh, wanted to let you guys know that the uh, Buffalo Sabres French Connection line was Rene Robert. Uh, I think he, how you say his name, Gilbert Perot. Yo, Perot, yeah. And Perot, yeah, right. Uh, Robert Perot, and it's spelled Rick Martin, but I believe you pronounce it Rick Martin. Yeah, Rick Martin, that's right. Okay. Martin, Martin, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, if you get any late death, let us know. Yeah. If not, kill someone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll start oh, with that. Hold on, All while right. we're 
Okay. Uh, while we're at, Pierre has his hand up, so let's get him oh. while we're while we're. Go ahead, Tim. Well, you know, I'm glad that these uh, announcers are starting to travel because last night before the Mets game, Howie Rose had to apologize to the people because he said, you will not get the call as it happens. He said, we can't see the ball coming off the bat sometimes. Sometimes we hear the ball coming off the bat, but they got the camera on the field somewhere. And he says, so we're going to have to wait until the play is actually over before we can call it. Hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, I think this is ridiculous. I think it's time for all the teams to allow their broadcasters to start traveling. I, I, this is yeah. absurd. Even ESPN's traveling everywhere now, from almost everything yeah. else. And I think they're traveling for baseball now, ESPN. They, they are. Traveling. Well, starting, on, starting this Sunday, they are. You don't think, Doug, we had talked about this last during the, you know, the COVID. Day. You don't think some of these teams have decided, hey, we got away with this. We save a lot of money by doing this. We're going to stay with it. I have a feeling that's what's happening. I don't, I don't think yeah. so because unless, uh, you know, there's different financial arrangements. Now, if you're the Reds or you're the Tigers or whatever, you may be broadcasting or the Phillies, you're broadcasting for the team, whereas like here, you're broadcasting for the station. So the station is paying, you know, same as the uh, Globe pays for a writer to go to the, you know, the game. So it's not so much money. I think also the quality, they're doing very well with what they have, but boy, there's times that the ball, you know, they can't see the ball, they can't see this. I mean, I've seen problems out of Baltimore, I've seen problems out of Philadelphia, something about the middle Atlantic states, and well, now he's it, complaining about Washington, and, and what, but Philadelphia and, what and Baltimore was, definitely, you know. And what Pat Hughes was saying, Chris, is he said, obviously we have no control over what monitors we get. So he said, right. we we just have to go with what they give us, and boy, I gotta tell you, last night it, just listening to the the first uh, seven and a half innings of that game was good, but boy, he yeah. sounded like a kid on Christmas morning getting to yeah. go to. Well, you know, and, and the, the other thing too that they've said, and of course they're friends with all the people at Ness, they say there's no way that Nesson would be doing this badly. I mean, they've said that a few times on the Red Sox broadcast, you know, and they've just yeah. been very critical of this stuff. So anyway, so getting to NASCAR, some interesting things happened this week. Jeff Gordon is leaving the Fox booth. He's going to be vice chairman of the Hendricks uh, Motorsports. And it'll be yep. the number two for Hendricks behind uh, Rick Hendrick. I guess his name is Rick, who's That's now 31 right, years old. Yeah. And, uh, and Gordon, Gordon started with Fox in 2016. He will finish the year. And uh, and then uh, Kyle Larson on Saturday. So they had two regular cup races, I guess, this weekend. They did. Yeah, yes. they did. I, I did not know that, but they did. Yes. Yeah. So Kyle Larson blew a tire. And uh, he he went on the last lap. He ended up finishing ninth. He would have won four in a row if he'd done that. And it had been since 07 that anybody had done that. And it had only been uh, the ninth time it would have ever happened. So that's uh, kind of amazing. And Alex Bowman won uh, won that race. And then Larson, as I said, finished ninth. Then we had the third win for Bowman this year. And then the Sunday, uh, uh, Kyle Busch. It's all Kyle's all the time there. Kyle Busch yeah. won. And uh, that, that one also at Pocono. So yeah. that, that's kind of it for uh, NASCAR. I guess they've got their big, what's their big 4th of July rate? Uh, well, it used, it used to be the Firecracker 400, but I'm, I'm not sure if they call it that anymore uh, or not. Yeah, I, I, it's still, it's basically the Firecracker 400, but I can't think of what it is. Uh, and it's, it's, it's normally at Daytona. So. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And it's probably too dangerous to call it the Firecracker 400, yeah. so you probably can't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, 
And that, okay, and so in golf, a 22-year-old Nelly uh, Corda won the uh, ladies' uh, PGA event. And uh, it's not, it's just, it's a major, you know, in other words, analogous to the male PGA tournament. Yeah, it's LPGA. LPGA, but that's the name of the tour. So I don't know what they call that particular tournament. But anyway. The LPGA championship. The LPGA championship. It was her second straight win uh, this year and the sixth overall for her. And Harris English won the tra- uh, Travelers Championship. I guess it must have been in Hartford. It always is. Yeah. And it was on the eighth sudden death hole. And that is not yeah. the record. That was the second longest, the longest in 1949 at the Motor City Open. Uh, they ended up having to call it a tie. It must have gotten dark. And it went 11 hole for uh, sudden death. Now, in the majors, they used to play whole rounds. And I don't know if they're still doing that for any of the majors. No, no they don't. Not anymore. They don't for any no. of them. Because the last uh, time, the Tiger won in the Open. Remember in 08, he won the Open now. Okay. The Masters. I thought one of them is still. No, they the they all cut still. back because of uh, of TV and stuff like that. Sean, they're, they're now sudden death yeah, playoffs. Was, yeah, it was the U.S. Open that used to play a full, and the British, but they both cut yeah. back. That's right. Oh, they yeah. all all four of them did. All all four of the majors would do it. But yeah. the last uh, Open that was here was a playoff uh, between the Curtis Strange one, and that was right. uh, Dick Faldo and him, and uh, that was a, a whole eighteen hole. Right. And actually, looking at uh, so we finished the golf and the NASCAR, and we've got a fair amount done here. But it is six twenty eight Eastern. And how about so well we that. Chris, what, what, how about we do this? We'll do the break in just a second. David USF wants to come back in, so we okay. will, David, and then we'll, that should be break time. So, David, we'll let you yeah. take us to break. Right. Yeah. If you want to unmute. Yeah. Okay, guys, I have more history for you regarding the Firecracker 400. Okay. All right. It was, uh, let's see, after the Firecracker 400, it stopped, it was stopped, uh, they stopped calling it the Firecracker 400, and 84 was the last year. Wow. And okay. Then, uh, the, and then they called from then from eighty five to eighty eight the Pepsi Firecracker four hundred, from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand seven the Pepsi four hundred, uh, from two thousand eight to two thousand seventeen the Coke Zero four hundred powered uh-huh. by Coca Cola is what I called it, <laughs> and and then the, and then since twenty eighteen the Coke Zero Sugar four hundred. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I knew it was associated with one of the soft drinks. Yeah, Had a major was... theft from Pepsi to Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good handle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All, right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, so, well, we are break. just we'll about get into college sports. Yep. So let's take our break built now, and we'll come back. People been saying to your friend, get a different face, and posting on their feed, they're super ugly. witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council keyboard cat hamilton the pug and toast meets world these are some of the internet's most beloved pets and they all have one thing in common their stories started in a shelter start your story adopt a dog or cat today visit the shelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. 
Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. And we're back, so uh, let's begin okay. the world. What is it? College sports, Dale? College sports, and I think uh, the, the you know the, the real. It's really sad. You know, we've had a couple of Cinderella stories in sports the last month or so with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we had the uh, you know uh, Montreal Canadiens still going, and the Hawks are too. But we really had a sad ending to a Cinderella story with the NC State uh, baseball team, and it's kind of strange actually. It's a, I know they followed the protocols, but it just seemed like it was kind of sad. So, Sean, why don't you run down some of the information you got on that? Okay, what happened originally, of course, NC State was supposed to play Vanderbilt on Friday, and the game got delayed for an hour because they had a COVID scare. This all, and then, so they lost that game to Vanderbilt, and then Saturday morning at 2 well, at a.m. That, at, in the that, morning, at that point, we knew that two unvaccinated players had tested positive. Yeah. So at that well, point, we that's knew what we knew. Player. We knew the two players, they were, and come to find out later, they were both vaccinated. But what happened? Well, we knew two on that, but but the original was a vaccinated player who got sick, which I'll get to that. And then two in the morning, they announced, "Oh no, you're going home." But this all goes back to Monday after their press conference. The head coach says something. Well, yeah, we're off till Friday. One of our players has a little bug, and the NCAA started. No, he said there was a bug. No, he said there was a bug going around the team. Is the way there was a bug going around the team, and and one they found out one of the players they they had gotten him into his own room, gotten him away from the because he was vaccinated, but he's one of the rare occasions where he. It, he got it and got sick, but they did. So the NCAA policy was, if you're vaccinated, we're not testing you. But if you're not, yeah, you're still going through all the protocols, obviously. So he did that, they, and he was a second baseman. And then there was the clo- their top closer was his roommate. They removed him because he had originally not tested positive. Then on Thursday, he tested positive. This all comes, Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com did it pretty good. They found out about this, and then so what happened was they found the NCAA said, okay, uh, unvaccinated players, we're going to test you guys. The test came back negative, but they only they delayed the game an hour where they could have possibly – uh, waited till Saturday and then played, you know, and said, hey, these guys test have come negative. But they said, oh, no, you, these guys are not playing, even though it's negative, they're not playing. Then they decided, oh, we're going to test all the vaccinated players, and some of them had positive. And four, so four of morning, them. NCAA said, yeah, yeah, four of them. Four of them tested positive. NCAA said, no, you're going home, which, like, which, which okay, okay, the way that it worked is by the time they made that announcement, now this is from – uh, Kevin Kugler and Scott Graham last night. That basically, what it had come down to is on Friday they played with 13 out of their 27 players. 14, either due to a positive test or a contact trace, were ruled out. Well, then well, those four, those other tests came back, and they and those positives came back later. So if if they were going to play Saturday or Sunday, according to the NCAA. They would have played, had to play with eight players, which obviously you well, can't do. Right. But I think well, no, what, actually, what gets me is why the NCAA did this at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, couldn't you be a little more 
courteous than that. Well, and here, but here's the other. No, here's the other part. According to Kendall Rogers of base, this is what he said. The, the, um, they would have had enough with the negative with with the players who you know were unvaccinated but tested negative. They would have had more than the eight because they they still t- there were only two. There were two unvaccinated players that tested. Positive. All the other unvaccinated. There was like, two unvaccinated and four vaccinated. The rest vaccinated. of it was co- the rest of it was contact tracing. And they were yeah, there were, but it was. I mean, the NCAA, like I said, they all of a sudden, uh, and even even the vaccinated players. If everybody's vaccinated, everybody that's playing is vaccinated. Chances are you're not going to spread it, and you're not going to. You're ninety nine point whatever percent of the time you're going to be asymptomatic. If even those vaccinated players that tested positive probably still, but the NCA is just, I mean, I don't know. They just seem like, oh, we're just throwing this together because one day, because we're not testing you, but oh, we're going to go test all the vaccinated players, now, even though they're things that we're not. And if, well, you, want my, if you want my conspiracy theory, here it is. Oh, I love that. I love them. They <laughs> wanted the NCAA, and I think you would agree with this, Sean. The NCAA wanted Vanderbilt through. Yes, because well, yeah, uh, and, because they have the two Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, the big pitchers. They wanted right. and, and their pitcher through. got to rest. Their pitcher got to rest. The one that he was going to pitch. Leiter was going to pitch Saturday. He got to pitch last night. They can come back tomorrow night with Kumar Rocker, which is another. But and here's here's the other thing. They they were the coach even said he goes. Yes, our players should have got vaccinated, but remember, it became available to everybody during our season, and some of our players were kind of like, oh, if I have a side effect, is that going to affect me? And that is kind of a legitimate, because I remember David Pierce with Texas saying after one of the games, he goes, yeah, a few of our players are sluggish tonight because they got their second shot, you know, yesterday, and he said they're a little sl-. I remember him saying, but they, they got their vaccine on a Monday, so they were sluggish for a Tuesday night, one of those midweek, you know, yeah, games right. that they all played. I, but, I think yeah, Basically, the long and the short of it is the NCAA isn't if there's a way to mishandle something, <laughs> they find it. If there's a way to mishandle the other okay. thing that I think needs to happen with the NCAA or needed to happen when when the other tournaments are going on, the, the winter sports, the hockey and the basketball, the vaccination in the college ranks was very minimal because you right. hadn't gotten yeah. down to that level. People were still being vaccinated well, at 65 or 60. Yeah. So what I'm saying is they needed to update the bill. Right, vaccinated players can do this. We, we accept this from vaccinated players. We accept that from unvaccinated players. We need va- unvaccinated players sure. to do this and vaccinated and of players course, to do that. And, of course, the yeah. NCAA, you know, when they come out with their statement at 2 o'clock in the morning, they, of course, yeah. well, and, we did this in college consultation with Douglas County Health, which is Omaha, Douglas County Health then came back with a statement, no, we really didn't have anything to do with it. It's the NCAA's and Vanderbilt decision. Said, <laughs> and Vanderbilt said, hey, we wouldn't. We were okay with playing that second game. We were, you know, if they could have, it would have all, yeah. but see, remember the, the, the vaccine wasn't opened up to college-age kids till after the Final Four was over. It was early right. April. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's and what I'm saying. And so remember yeah, they, in the NCAA to tournament, their- we, and remember, the NCAA, we did have an issue with, I believe it was VCU that had to had yeah, to we had uh, forfeit. Yeah, Virginia Commonwealth forfeited, Notre Dame and Michigan forfeited in uh, hockey, yeah. and there was a volleyball team, because remember, they played volleyball in the spring this year because of COVID, yeah. so there was a volleyball. So those yeah. four, but I mean, yeah, I, 
I wouldn't have. I mean, the NC State story was, but you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been surprised if the NCAA, because the NCAA, as we all know, they're they're scrambling. They know they're. Remember, they got busted last week. The Supreme Court shot them down. There's all kinds of other stuff. Which, by the way, okay. Vanderbilt did beat Mississippi State last night, eight to two. So they're up one game to nothing, and they played right here. And, 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 and I mean, going back even a game before that, the the Texas. Mississippi State, which was the only game on Saturday, that was a fantastic game. I mean, if you if you did not care who yeah. won it, that was a fantastic game. Just to no, watch. it was it was a good it was a good it was a good game with the walk off win. You it know, was. And it, it it was a very it was all those Texas Mississippi State games were battles. I mean, and then Friday night you had the two and a half hour rain delay for the ninth inning, so that Mississippi State could come down and get three outs. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, they, they were. I was listening on the uh, Mississippi State network on Saturday, and I assume, Sean, you were on the Texas network, and uh, Jim Ellis and Jay Powell were saying that one thing that you love about that series, the Mississippi State-Texas he said the players and the coaches, he said there is just ultimate respect both ways, back and forth. Oh, um, oh yeah, the there's all kinds. Well, because Pierce and the Mississippi State coach, because remember, Pierce was at Tulane, so he knows the coaching staff there. You know, he knows them pretty well because they used to play each other a lot. So, I mean, David Pierce was. So, but, yeah, it, it's, been for, it's been a pretty good college world series. And it has. They'll wrap it up some, tonight or tomorrow. But, anyway. Yeah, and if Vanderbilt wins, they want it I mean, on a, from a fan standpoint, let's hope it's tomorrow night in Mississippi. State wins. Uh, yeah, so, but so then, Sean, they'll, then they'll have to figure out what to do because the two, well, it'll go to ESPN too because regular ESPN will have the NBA. But yeah, still you'll have both yeah. of them. But anyway. So yeah. you've got the uh, NCAA did make a statement today about um, uh, image <laughs> yeah. and likeness and all that, right? Okay. Speaking of the NCAA <laughs> making an NCAA move. NCAA versus themselves, yes. Okay. They, as we've talked about, seven states come online. Uh, on July 1st with name, image, and likeness, and then several others come on in September, and then a few others come on at the beginning of the year, and then California in 2023. Well, the NCAA Division One Council is kind of like, well, we're not going to handle this. We're not going to touch this. If if you're in a state that if your if your school's in a state that is not doesn't have the law passed yet, I guess we'll let you. We'll let you make that decision. So, like, here in Texas, Texas, Baylor, TCU, SMU, Houston are all under the same rule. The Florida schools are all under the same Florida guidelines, which most states, they're pretty similar guidelines. But let's say you're Clemson. Oh, South Carolina hasn't passed anything yet. Hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll do our own little rule here. USC and UCLA, they don't come into effect until 23. Let's say uh, UCLA, let's say old Chip Kelly. (laughs) And you know know the USC folks would do this. Where Alabama's like, oh, we got to go by our state rule. But NCAA's like, oh, we don't want to have any part of it because I think the NCAA knows their time is. Well, I think they actually did the right thing because what they did was it isn't fair to Clemson or Notre Dame or B or whoever, if you've got a really big-time uh, recruit in some sport, and because it's really the big-time recruit, the offensive linemen aren't going to get any names, image, and likeness or whatever well, very much. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be the quarterback, the wide receivers, well, the running backs, and the basketball players. So if you've got a recruit potentially coming to you and he's coming down to the fact, well, you know, I could make a little money before I go to the pros, you know, I'm going to be one and done or I'll only be here two years in football, and I'm going to get – so this, this gets the NCAA out of it, not preventing schools in those states from doing that and allowing that. And I think that's fair. No, I don't know because it's going to turn into a wild, wild west where, okay, we're under this rule, but you're under that rule, but we're under, you know, it's going to, it's, I mean, yeah, it isn't already uneven and playing field. And I will say, I think some of these other players will 
will make so because they may not make the big money, but let's say you get about 10 players get together running a camp for kids, running a football camp. There's some offensive linemen, some defensive backs. Hey, we're going right, to run right. this camp. You know, you get some players from the team. Or let's say I'm so-and-so stud offensive lineman for Oklahoma. I'm from some small town in West Texas. When I go home, in my little town in West Texas, I can do so and so's barbecue. I always got a Ralph's barbecue or something. Whatever, yeah, I can yeah. do. I can do that. Or here's the other part where it is. Let's. All right, we got the Olympics coming up. A number of track and field and swimmers are still in college. The Olympic Committee allows you to accept endorsements to pay for your training, but the NCA, if you're in, just like I talked about the Jeremy Bloom situation, NCA, you cannot. You get some track and field, like especially some swimmers, they could say. Hey, I can sign, if I'm at so and so school at Stanford. Stanford's going to allow me to, you know, sign some endorsements. Where right. the, if the NCAA had put it up and said, okay, here's okay, these states have these governing rules. This is how it's going to be NCA wide. But the NCA is not even, you know, it's kind of it's going to turn. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's like I can. It's good for a player. They can pick, but it's 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 not it's not good in a lot of ways. It's it's just a you know, it's kind of like it's well, the NCAA kind of, is getting more irrelevant. Remember, the AAU used to be a big deal back in the. Yep, you guys you know, remember this, but back in the you know sixties, they were a big deal, and you know you, they they had sponsored teams and they did all this stuff, and you know, and uh, you could you could play the AAU if you didn't go to college. Yeah. The AAU is probably around, but nobody cares about it. The NCAA is mm, on the barely, way. Out, it, but, it has been relevant you know. about twenty years because there's select ball and Nike ball and Adidas ball. And, right. Yeah. Right. Oh. By, by the way, though. By the way, though, Chris, uh, remember our, our good buddy John. Uh, we always. Uh, mentioned John. He called the NCAA. He called him the Gestapo. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so I think that all in all, with all the ver- because the courts aren't done with this, and when they when they no. t- start talking about different things that some of these student athletes haven't been able to do that other people they couldn't even a coach couldn't help them pay for a call home in the old days and things no, like that. My, so, all right, you know, I'll give you an example. Go. Let me give you let, let me give you an example. I don't, can't remember if I've shared this here or not, but my dad had two former football players. One played for the Colorado Rockies, and one played. Uh, college ball somewhere. He could buy the guy from the Rockies a sandwich, you know, he could afford him, but he couldn't buy that uh, college football player a sandwich because it would be like, am I trying to influence this player to recruit one of my uh, future players? You get him to get his coach. It was considered a violation to buy a $5 right. sandwich. Right. Anyway, so that's college sports this week, and uh, we need to move on to the M- M- Major League Baseball. But I think that was a, a good discussion. I think the NCAA is uh, heading heading down the. Uh, I think five years from now it won't well, be anywhere near what it is now. I don't think it's yeah. Going to be they're that. they're the, they're all they're just a level below uh, FIFA. If you're familiar with soccer and right. the International Olympic Committee and the Tour de France people. And remember, okay. remember what the NCAA their their big their baby is. The basketball tournament. That is right. what and they're they really can, known for. And, and they cannot be audited because they're a nonprofit, 501c3, 501c3, yeah. even though they're a billion-dollar corporation. Yeah. Okay. Major League baseball. baseball. Let's see here. All right. We got the American League East. And uh, it was a good week, as uh, Rick said, for the Red Sox. They are now 48 and 31. Tampa Bay, 47 and 32. Game lead for the Red Sox. Toronto, 40 and 36. The Yankees are 40 and 38. So that means they're what uh, about seven and a half behind something seven like half, that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Baltimore twenty five and fifty four, but uh, they're celebrating in Baltimore because they won a road game last <laughs> night. They broke their what was it nineteen game road streak? Nineteen game, streak, yeah. Yep. yeah. The record and, uh, is twenty four now. Right, and now uh, the Arizona set this week. So yeah. uh-huh. uh, in the Central, we have the White Sox at forty five and thirty two. 
Cleveland, 42 and 33, hanging in, only two games out, and then the uh, other three are not happening. Minnesota, 33 and 43, Detroit, 34 and 45, Kansas City, who was off such a hot start, 33 and 44. In the West, Houston is still leading at 48 and 31. The A's are 47 and 33, so that's what three, two games out. Two. Seattle, 41 and 38, over 500, good for the Mariners. The Angels are 38 and 40, and Texas is 30 and 48. National League East, the Mets uh, are uh, starting to you know, struggle a little bit, and they've gotten more injuries. They're at 40 and 34. Washington's are starting to make a move at 38 and 38, so they're only three behind the Mets. Atlanta, 37 and 40, that's where the Mets go now. Philadelphia, 36 and 40, they're still in it. Miami's starting to slide at 33 and 44. In the Central, Milwaukee at 46 and 33. The Cubs, 42 and 37, so that's a four-game lead for the Brewers. Uh, Cincinnati, 39 and 38. St. Louis, 38 and 41. Pittsburgh at 29 48. In the West, the Giants are at 50 and 28. Dodgers, 48 and 31. So that's what, two and a half game lead. They're playing each other this weekend, this week. Uh, Just a two game series, Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. Uh, San Diego, 47 and 33. Colorado, 32 47. Arizona, 22 58. The schedule for today and this evening, I should say, 7 05. We have Miami at Philadelphia, Tampa Bay at Washington. The Angels are at the Yankees. Uh, 707, Seattle at Toronto, 710, Kansas City at the Red Sox, San Diego at Cincinnati, Detroit at Cleveland, 720, the Mets are at Atlanta, 810, we have Minnesota at the White Sox, uh, and the Cubs are at uh, Milwaukee, and Baltimore's at Houston, Arizona at St. Louis, 840, Pittsburgh at Colorado, 940, Texas at Oakland, and 1010, San Francisco at the Dodgers. So the there you go. Game, by the way. That's okay. That's and the, the uh, what was the first, the, uh, the, what's the first game? The uh, Braves? Is the well, Braves? They, they're doing it after the College World Series. After the College Met- World Series. Yeah, yeah Mets oh, okay. and Atlanta are on MLB Network. And the, the, okay. Yeah, College World Series and then we'll do Giants Dodgers. So yeah. we had talked earlier about Dwayne Kuyper. I guess he's come back to the booth as far as I no, know. He, no, he has not made it back. He was supposed to come back on Friday, but... Apparently, uh, he, apparently, either he didn't fill up to it, or there's been a setback. I don't know which. Uh, it said in the little article that we got that uh, he and uh, Mike Kruko have been working together for 31 years, so that's quite yes. a thing. Yep. And then the Cubs had a combined no hitter this week against the Dodgers, 17th yep. no hitter in Cubs uh, history, and, and the first combined one. Uh, what, what was the first guy's name? Dak Davies, is that correct? Zach, uh, Zach, Zach. It was Zach. I Zach couldn't Davis. tell on the phone. Uh, Ryan Tafara, I think. and Tapera. Uh, Tapera. Tapera, okay. See, on these phones, you can't always hear these names. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Chapin, I think I got that. And I know got Craig Kimbrell. You know, the Kimbrell finished it up. I know who he is. He was here. You know, the Red Sox so was, that Chris, much Chris, So was uh, Chapin. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I well, we had so many pitchers come through here the last two years. That's very, very possible. The thing is that uh, Kimbrel, they didn't want to sign him, but Kimbrel's been Mariano-like the last couple of years. He's been really doing a good job. So, uh, well, yeah. not the last couple of years. This year he has been. That, this yeah. year, anyway, yeah. Yeah, but last year, Kimbrel, not so much. Kimbrel said that he didn't even know there was a no-hitter going on when he came that is, in. That's correct. He said he had no idea. <laughs> Okay, okay. So on Wednesday, the uh, the Nationals and the Phillies played a crazy game. The Nationals won thirteen to twelve, and it turns out it was the first time each team in a game had hit uh, had hit a three run homer and uh, two three run homers and two grand slams in a game. So that yep. that was pretty amazing. Uh, so. Uh, and by the way, we're up to seven uh, no hitters uh, so far in baseball. Yep. So uh, we'll eight if you count Bumgarner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if uh, so, when when uh, how many is what is the record? 
It's seven. They tied the so record. They tied the record already. Yeah. Okay. And Friday, Aaron Nola struck out ten of the Mets in a row for the Phillies in the first game of their doubleheader, and he tied uh, Tom Seaver's record that was set on the first Earth Day, four twenty-two seventy, uh, at Shea Stadium against San Diego, when Tom Seaver struck out nineteen Padres, and he struck out the last ten uh, ten Padres to get there. So that was pretty. That's, amazing. that's right. Yep. And at the time that uh, it, it, with uh, let's see, after the fourth inning, he uh, Nola had struck out eleven of the twelve guys he had uh, the twelve outs he'd recorded. So yep. that meant. That uh, you know, obviously there were there was a seven inning game, so he wasn't going to get there, and obviously he didn't finish the game or anything. But eleven out of twelve is quite a but start. But the Phillies did wind up. The right. Phillies wound up losing the game too. Yes, they did, and then the Mets won the second game. I think they were both two to one. Uh, okay, then uh, we have uh, Mike Soraka for the Braves is completely retore his Achilles walking to the clubhouse. So that's Soraka. Soraka, okay, yeah. And uh, and is out for the year, of course. Yep. And then uh, Hector Santiago of the uh, Mariners was ejected, and his glove was uh, confiscated for having a a uh, substance in there. And I guess he's been suspended, and he's appealing it, though. I heard. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Yes. yes okay. He is appealing. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Arizona, as uh, Robert said, had uh, lost Friday on the road, but won on Saturday. So that streak ended the twenty-four road losses in a row. And Baltimore at 19, and that, of course, is over, too. So the Arizona ends up with the record. That's uh, correct. Let's see. Uh, and Marcus Strollman out with a hip injury for the Mets. And then Philadelphia went to Washington. Uh, oh, the traveling of the announcers. The Phillies went to Washington. The Phillies announcers went to Washington. Cincinnati and Detroit have been traveling. So, you know, it, it just does seem like they ought to really uh, get this going. But, right. Uh, yeah. And, so, uh, Chris, so the, Indians, the Indians had a pretty nasty injury on Sunday. There was a, a shallow fly ball in the right field. And uh, Josh Naylor, the right fielder, and Ernie Clement, the second baseman, collided. And uh, Naylor went down. It was one of those injuries, from what I heard, that you you don't want to see it if you don't have to see it. And uh, he wound up with a closed fracture and dislocated ankle. Dude, wow. Okay. So I think that's any more MLB stuff before we move on to the Just NBA. One, one little stupid thing. I, don't, um, I guess baseball was – and I get I, – and the only reason I can come up with is that it's being fueled by marketing, I guess. For the first time ever, they're on the All-Star game. They're oh, going to yeah. wear All-Star uniforms instead yeah. of their own team uniforms. Yep. And, and, and as, I understand, Rick, as I understand it, that is not popular among the players. No. And, and apparently, Rick, for those uh, – for now, I haven't seen them, but apparently everybody who's actually gotten to look at these uniforms, apparently they're god-awful. Uh, I haven't seen them either. Because no. nobody likes them, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and then everybody said that was kind of fun to see the Yankees and Red Sox together yeah. and the Dodgers and yeah. Giants, stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, so the NBA is rolling along, and uh, we have uh, on the east now, Milwaukee is ahead of Atlanta, two games to one. Atlanta won the first game on the road. We'll have statistics about that. And uh, having won those first games on the road, uh, you know, uh, and we'll tell you about some teams who did that too. David gave us that information. But Milwaukee's now up two games to one, and Phoenix is over the Clippers three games to two. The Clippers kept themselves alive, though, by winning in Phoenix. So that was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Does that be over? And just, you know, remember only at least at minute, only any two to four more chances to see Marv Albert do a game. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So um, then tonight we have Milwaukee at Atlanta at 830 and tomorrow night. And that would be game four. And then Wednesday, Phoenix at the Clippers at nine o'clock <laughs> game six. And Kawhi Leonard is still not back. And Chris Paul is. So that's a big advantage for uh, for Phoenix. So um, let's see. So we have 
the lottery. We have the order of the lottery and how that came out this year. Uh, the uh, on the draft will be on the 29th uh, after the season, 29th of July. So the number 14 was Golden State, 13 Indiana, 12 pick San Antonio, 11 Charlotte, 10 New Orleans, 9 Sacramento, 8 Orlando. Uh, Golden State got the seven pick. Uh, and that's, I from, that's, from, that's from Minnesota when they got yeah. Andrew Wiggins and they traded uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota. Okay. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma City is sixth. Oh, they tanked as best they could. They still couldn't get too far. <laughs> yeah. Orlando worked hard, too, but they only got to five. That's, uh, Char- that's Chicago's that's pick. Char- that yeah, Chicago's, Chicago's pick. Okay. Yeah, their, their pick was eight, and their Chicago's yeah. was five. So. Right. Because okay. that, that was one of those if Chicago had gotten in the top three. Yeah, Chicago same with Minnesota and Golden State. Same, yeah. Okay. Yeah, same thing. All right. Uh, four is Toronto. Three is Cleveland. Two is Houston. And the number one pick never seems like they get it either is Detroit. I can't remember if it's in seventy number one pick. I wonder when the last time that I think, the la- I think the last time they had a number one pick, I don't, I don't know if it was number one overall, but I think that's when they picked Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Well, that, that's sure. No, that wasn't the number that one, that one pick overall that year, I don't think. Okay. No, what it uh, might have been. I think it was. Could have been. It was the number. Yeah, because he was yeah, ahead of Michael. Was. Remember, he was in the league a couple years before Michael was. So he was in the, the 81 draft, so I think that was Isaiah. I think he was the number one overall. Yeah, in yeah, 81, uh, was that the year? No, that wasn't the year that the Celtics got McHale. That was 80. The Celtics got McHale. Was, yeah, that was yeah don't remind me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so uh, Vanessa Bryant got a uh, settlement with the helicopter uh, company uh, Company there. Uh, and then uh, they not, I don't think they are. are uh, they didn't disclose released, that, no. Uh, no. The term's not released. And then accused uh, the, the pilot of uh, using poor judgment and flying in the bad weather. And also suing the L.A. County uh, uh, police and so forth, sheriff's office, because a lot of pictures were made available of the bodies and so forth. That yes, not they were. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters would like to get into and the technically, NBA. Chris, it was, the technically, Chris, it was Vanessa Bryant and the other families. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the Globe Charters would like to get into the NBA, and then I don't think there's anything to this, Chris. I think, I think it's the publicity. I think publicity it's just to get their name out there because yeah. they, people don't go see them like they used to back in the day. The novelty is kind of, you know, it's, yeah. You know, so it's just to get yeah. their name out there. Yeah, but they could, you know, you have to pay millions of dollars to do that, and I don't know, you know, it just doesn't seem like. And where would you, where would you play? You know, whatever. It's kind of yeah. 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 So we need to make a correction here. We always try to make corrections, and we it dawned on me after the show uh, last week that Milwaukee actually made the Eastern Finals. We said they hadn't since '86. They made it in 2019 and lost to Toronto after they uh, beaten yeah. the Celtics in the second round. They went to the finals and lost to Toronto, and then of course Toronto went on to beat the Warriors. I thought, I thought they lost to Toronto in the second round, but then yeah. when you said that, I was like, "That's right, it was the final." Yeah, yeah it was the Celtics yeah. in the second round. So yeah, so we uh, so it wasn't as and you know we both think of them not being in the finals for so long. The Hawks and it was. 15 for the Hawks and 19 for uh, the Bucks, but uh, you know, as far as the NBA final, it's uh, 61 for the Hawks and 74 for the Bucks. So either way, we're going to have a long, and 93, long time. 93 for the Suns. 93 for the Suns, and not yeah. at all for the Clippers, of course. So right. we'll see. Okay, then we have. Uh, let's see. Oh, I see. This is a phone number I wrote down. How nice. Okay. <laughs> Alex Caruso, arrested for marijuana possession in Texas. Don't do that. And uh, all the, he's from the Lakers, of course. And he, it was the, he went to Texas A&M, and the police uh, got him uh, for uh, having a, about a, a half an ounce or an ounce, something like that. He only didn't yeah. have that much. Uh, he, he paid $3,550 to be released. 
And then, uh, yeah, it was less than two ounces. And and actually, it said they, he also TSA had found the grass on him. I guess when he was traveling as well. So I'm not sure exactly what the deal was, whether TSA took the police on him or how that worked. But you know, if he'd been in California, nothing would have happened to him. So uh, we well, have- actually, in airports, in the airport, because it was in an airport, which is federal, I think, because you're not supposed to take it out or out of a state that is legal. Like, you can commerce, get arrested whatever, yeah, transporting it yeah. on the airport in Colorado, even at some of these others. Okay. So I think that. That's where that's where it comes in because it was on the airport, which has federal jurisdiction. Okay, all right, that makes more sense. But yeah, it's good. It, these marijuana laws, I think, are actually there's a move afoot. I heard the other day to decriminalize it, decriminalize well, it on a federal level. Well, so. even even in Texas, if he had been pulled over like on the road for it, probably would have been like a you know for that amount. In most is a misdemeanor, and you know, I mean, nothing I know from experience, just from. No, 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 but it's a miss. It's pretty much a misdemeanor. So and now. Okay, Rick Carlisle has uh, got a four-year contract to coach uh, the Indiana Pacers. And uh, Bill, what do people? Yeah, what do people think about that in Indiana? Oh, Bill, they don't care really. Uh, They (laughs) they really don't care. Uh, but anyway, they're all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Okay, yeah. That was the uh, worst nightmare. Of Bill's off, you know, doing whatever. I mean, talking to Jen, doing, having a good time, and we asked him a question. He didn't expect it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, then it, you know. Uh, okay, so we have this Atlanta fourth team to win three uh, game ones on the road in uh, the NBA history uh, in a single year. The '81 Houston Rockets did it before they ended up losing their fourth road game, though, against to the Celtics in Game One in the finals. '89 Chicago. Bulls, the 99 Knicks, and the, uh, let's see, uh, okay, so the, yeah, that, those are the teams, and then, so the Houston lost that game, they, oh, Houston beat the Lakers in 81, they beat San Antonio, uh, San Antonio beat Kansas City, and then, uh, and then, uh, lost to the Celtics, then that was Houston's run, then in 89, the Bulls, uh, beat Cleveland, the Knicks, and Detroit before they lost to Detroit, uh, in the, in the finals, so they got uh, three there. Uh, well, oh, the Pistons, yeah, Pistons, no, yeah, Pistons, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, it was the Lakers because yeah. we're talking about Pistons. Yeah, and then the Knicks in '99, they beat Atlanta, Miami, and Indiana before they lost Game One in San Antonio. Right, and then uh, Dallas hired uh, Jason Kidd as their head coach. So how does Which that? Is- that's very ironic because remember he did not leave Dallas on very good terms as a player. He did mm-hmm. not, and Carlisle and him didn't get along. And a few years ago, they had even asked Mark Cuban. They said, "Well, Jason's Jason Kidd's never be retired." He goes, "Not right now." So it's, <laughs> I wonder if this is a hey, I'm going to stick it to Carlisle move, or I don't know because I mean, why Jason Kidd? I mean, they must not have been. Sean Carlisle recommended him to Dallas. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. Did. Well. But what has he done as a head coach? Nothing. What has he done? Nothing. Bill is with us now, and we, he yeah, can answer I, that I, question I, uh, about what uh, the Indiana fans think about uh, the uh, hiring of Rick Carlisle. Well, yeah, it's mostly, he went back to Indiana. mostly positive because, look, they went out last year, got a rookie coach, and look at what a disaster that was. Now, you can blame the roster. You can blame this, that, and the other on maybe what happened. But they probably wanted some stability. He had a very good run here after Larry Bird. Um, as to what he's done, well, he's probably done as much as probably the 5 to 10% coaches in the league. I mean, 
how many other coaches um, have titles besides, you know, Popovich and, you know, a few others. I mean, I don't know that, you know, unless you, as the guy said, unless you have the horses, unless you have the talent, it, you know, it's not going to make a lot of difference. Carlisle was Larry Bird's assistant. Whatever Larry Bird did, Larry Bird walked in from day one and really brought the Pacers along for three years, actually. Actually, he only coached three years. He said that after three years, a coach's voice wasn't heard anyway. But I don't know. With the talent out there, you got the guy at Portland, maybe. Maybe you could have got Terry Stotts. Maybe you could have got the guy that uh, went to Portland, ultimately. So, yeah. I don't know that it was a right or wrong move. It was probably a safe move. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy who went to Portland is Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups, yeah. Yeah. So what what would you guys think? And apparently, by the way, from what I have read, uh, Damian Lillard is not sold on this hire. No, he's not. And And the problem is Damian Lillard has three guaranteed years left on his contract. It's going to be hard to Chauncey Billups, there was an incident with him in in 1997. I do not remember the incident. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I, I do see your hand, it. David. We will get you as soon as yeah, we can. Yeah. So, um, was it an incident here because he was with the Celtics in '97? I don't remember, Chris, what the incident was, but there was an incident, and and he said that today that the incident shaped him. But I saw it right before I came in, so I didn't have any chance. I did not have any time to research. It. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll find out more about that for next week because I, I, Chauncey Billups was, was drafted by Ripetino had two early choices. This is when he just taken over and he yeah. took uh, Chauncey Billups with number three and uh, Ron Mercer with number six. But everybody felt that he was not patient enough with Billups, and that that's yeah. why you know he ended up trading him and whatever. And uh, you know, of course, Billups eventually became a very good player with the Detroit. That's right. Well, I and mean, I don't know. Oh, hold on, go, hold on, guys. Go ahead, Bill. Would you have taken him for the Celtics? Would you have taken Rick Carlisle or the guy from New sure. Jersey? Oh, me? It was yeah. up to me. I would have because he would have had the, you know. But the players, if you <coughs> you figured this guy that they took is a lot closer to them in age, probably about ten years younger than Carlisle. Right. I'm guessing Carlisle is probably about you know uh, fifty. Uh, he's you know, sixty-one, Chris. Sixty-one, and these guys are twenty-five. So you know, yeah. maybe you need somebody who's you know. 45 or 50 or 40 to be more communicative with them. So if you're going to do it by, and this all started with Kobe, if you're going to do it by having the, having the orchestra, uh, orchestra members play the tune, which they kind of do in the NBA, then this is what you would do. And they will hopefully he's the right guy for the job. And Chauncey Billups, of course, right now is an assistant with Clippers and Ty Lue's been kind of grooming him for some head coaching positions. Right. Okay. So we have David out there, do we? Yeah, Yeah. we do. do. David, come on in. All right, I can't believe I'm able to uh, to speak because I'm uh, um, currently at work. Speak three times in a row today. <laughs> David, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only on the whole internet. Anyway. I have an NBA note and an NHL note. Okay. okay. NBA note is uh, in the 1981 NBA draft. The number one pick was by the Dallas Mavericks, and it was... Mark Aguirre. Okay, Mark that's Aguirre. right. That's right. And I, okay. and I believe he, I, mean, I believe he later played for the uh, the Pistons. 
Yeah, yep. he did. Yeah, right. he was traded. So. Yeah, he was traded for Adrian Dantley, I believe. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm not sure you're going to report this, uh, but in case you don't, uh, the new Seattle Kraken have hired Dave Haxtell as their first ever head coach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, right. he previously uh, previously was the head coach of the Flyers from yes. 2015 to 2019, and uh, spent the last two years as a Toronto Maple Leafs assistant. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank Thanks, you, David. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. And going back to stuff David, David told us during the week, we mentioned that Cantavius Caldwell Pope was robbed at his house. He's a Laker guard. Uh, he was uh, at 4 a.m., I think it was on last uh, Thursday, and uh, yeah. the three men did it, $150,000 in money and watches and all that other stuff. So that was not a good uh, good evening's end for those guys, probably out no. celebrating and uh, whatever. So now we have the Olympic teams for you, and, uh, and this will finish up our basketball. And we will also mention while we're at it, just to interrupt, that Serena Williams uh, was not going to the Olympic. But, Robert, you have a further note on Serena Williams. Uh, well, she did. Um, she was scheduled to play in Wimbledon, and she did play. But unfortunately, they've had real bad weather the first two days of the tournament. And today, she slipped and fell on the grass, and she look. It looks like it's a, uh, she's severely injured either her leg or knee. But she's now eliminated from the tournament. It's going to go down as a loss. But uh, this was due strictly to injury, and it would not surprise me if she's going to be out for a while. Um, and she announced. She announced the Olympics. Before she, started, that's she right. did that Sunday yeah. at the press conference, she did. Yeah. Uh, that's why I brought her up now because it's sort of related to the Olympics slightly too. So I right, you know, I don't get. I, I I get. I get it when when you're a basketball player, baseball, tennis, golf. Well, baseball's not in there anymore, but you know, yeah, it yeah, it is. It is. It is coming back. It is coming. And soccer, some of those. I get those players saying, you know what, the Olympics is not our biggest thing. So I get because it's like, that's not going to help my brand. Wimbledon's going to help my brand. The, the Masters is going to help my brand. This, you know, right. like, remember when golf in 2016, a number of golfers didn't want to go. But, you know, I, you know, I could already see it. If you're a track and field person, if you're a swimmer, diver, gymnast, Simone Biles is not pulling out because that is her endorsement money. Where Serena Williams, her money is yeah. all the all the, the tournaments. One, one sport it helps a little bit is hockey because you know it gets everybody in. You know whether they're in Akron or Portland or uh, Houston, they sit down and watch the, that hockey. And they never normally yeah. sit down and watch hockey. And but, they might start to become fans. They may start to go to their minor league games. But on that note, that's the, the on that note. On that note, Chris, with hockey, uh, Gary Bettman said today he is not sure if NHL players will participate in the in the Olympics next year. Where is it next year? In China. China, yes. Yeah. That, that's I'm tricky even, when they go that far. I'm not even talking about the fans. I'm talking about the players for their brand. Is that brand going to help? Is the Olympics going to like LeBron James? LeBron James doesn't need to go to the Olympics. Serena doesn't need to go to the Olympics. Right. Rory McIlroy doesn't need to go to the Olympics. But like Simone the Dream Miles, Team yeah. had a good, they all had a good feeling well, they, about them, you know, having they because they hadn't really gone before, and a lot of them yeah. hadn't gone, and they got to go together, and that was kind of a special. Right. Time. Like, now I would even say now Simone Biles doesn't need to, but she's good. But you know what I'm saying? Like the gymnast or you know some of these track stars, they need it. They, they do. They need it but speaking they, they speaking of the Olympics. Olympics, Chris, you have the roster. Yeah. I do. Okay. So the men's basketball, uh, we have Kevin Durant of the Nets. We have uh, Damian Lillard of Portland. Uh, uh, 
Booker of uh, what's his first name? Uh, Darren Bo- Devin Booker. Darren Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. That's right. How could I forget that? Name? <laughs> uh, Devin Booker for uh, Phoenix. We have uh, uh, Jason Tatum of the Celtics. Uh, Bradley Beal of the Wizards. Uh, Zach Levine of the Bulls. Uh, Kevin Love of the Cavaliers. It's amazing. He's still around and still playing at a high level. Four uh, yeah. guys got left behind by everybody. Uh, uh, Tremont Green from the Warriors. Draymond. Uh, Huh? Tremont. 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 Uh, Bam Adebayo from Miami. I didn't even know he was from this country. Wow, with a name like that. Um, Chris Middleton from Milwaukee and Drew Holiday from the Bucks. And Jeremy. That's the, that's uh, the name, Grant. Chris, that we bobbled last year. Remember Bam, that Bam Adebayo yeah. dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we couldn't say it at all. And Jeremy Grant from Detroit. And uh, there's only three with experience. Duran uh, went in 12 and 16. Love went in 12. And Green went in 16. And uh, look, let's see. And they're looking for the fourth gold in a row. And they lost in 04 in Athens. That's the last time they lost. The women's team, and I don't know. Uh, I'll just read you the uh, names of the teams that are on in the WNBA, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the, the uh, nicknames or anything like that. Right. Uh, but we have Ariel Adkins from Washington. We have Sue Bird from Seattle. Tina Charles from Washington, uh, Nafisa uh, Collier from Minnesota, Skyler uh, Diggins-Smith from Phoenix. We have Sylvia Fowles from Minnesota, Chelsea Gray from Las Vegas, uh, Brittany Griner, we all know about her from Phoenix, uh, <laughs> Jewel Lloyd, Seattle, uh, Brianna Stewart from Seattle, Diana Tarazi, of course, old UConn, we'll talk about her and Sue Bird in a minute, Diana Tarazi from Phoenix. Uh, Asia Wilson from Las Vegas, and, and Sue and Diana, uh, it's their fifth game, and they have uh, four four gold, and then uh, Sue is 40 and Diana 39. Amazing. And uh, yeah. Diana, of course, is a WNBA all-time leading scorer with 9,019 points and uh, three uh, titles at UConn and three WNBA titles as well. So she is a well-decorated athlete. And uh, I think Sue Bird went to UConn, too, if I remember. Yes, so. she did. Yes, she did. Yeah. She did. Okay. But speaking, speaking the Olympic teams, this reminds me, Jalen Rose, <laughs> he stuck his foot in his mouth again. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Rose went on his show, one of the shows on ESPN. You know, I, he didn't say it on the pregame, the NBA pregame, but he was on one of the shows. And according to him, the only reason Kevin loves on the Olympics is because they needed a token white player. Well, first off, he needed oh, a token terrible. white player. Why are you going to throw Kevin Love? And he said because they don't want an all-black Olympic team. Well, they've had several all-black yeah. Olympic yeah. teams in basketball. That was dumb. And so Jalen, yeah, Jalen got caught a lot of, little bit of flack for that, not doing yeah. it. Yeah. And he By also said way, the yeah. player that should be should be there instead of Love was I forget his, the guy from Phoenix Enid or something like that. But, um, yeah. he, he had the big he had the big tip in at the end of the game the other last week. Um, but whatever the thing is, he's he he turns out he's not even a U.S. citizen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's not a U.S. citizen, so you yeah. can't. But yeah, yeah, Jalen Rose did it again. Yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, speaking of the Olympics, Chris, you were wondering about baseball coming back. The manager yeah. is Mike Sosha for the baseball team. Oh, that's right. US. Actually, I heard about that because our big uh, prospect, Jaron uh, Duran was at the uh, tryouts. He's made the team. The question is, do they want to bring him up uh, before or do they want him to go to, you know, to the Olympics? So I don't know what they're going to do about that. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, but, the yeah, games Mike, are going to be, those basketball games, and, and I'm sure the baseball, too, are going to be at crazy times because, of course, these games are in Tokyo, so you're going to have games at 4 in the morning and everything. Oh, else. yeah. You know. We, okay. we have we a uh, caller whose name is Jamal. So let's, uh, Jamal, oh, why, don't you, why don't you unmute yourself, Jamal? And then we would hear you. 
while, while he's unmuting, we can think about the fact that Hello. right now the Red Sox, Jamal, oh, uh, right now the Red Sox would host the White Sox in a uh, in a divisional series. So let's just think about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, the like White Sox tumbled so bad that they put themselves out of number one seed in the American League for now. Hopefully they could uh, get their stuff together, turn it around, and play better. Jamal, the Athletic just said that Yankees GM Brian Cashman says, quote, we suck right now. <laughs> of course you do. You need well, to be fired. He's right. He's well, right. He's a good well, evaluator of talent, that Brian Cashman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, what could I say about that? Except he's honest. At least he's honest. Stop the yeah. if, if, if old man George was, weren't taking a dirt nap, he'd have fired his butt years oh, ago. Oh, they would have fired. They would have three managers by now this year. Oh, yeah. No, uh, it's, it's time for a house cleaning in the Bronx. I firmly believe that. So uh, what was your, right. what was your uh, topic there, Jamal? Do you want to bring? Yeah. Okay, a couple a couple of topics. First of all, about I'm going to talk about the Olympics, the NBA, and baseball. Okay. The Olympics. Given the virus concerns over in Japan, I think the U.S. would have been better off by not going into the Olympics. Period. Given well, the virus concerns in Japan. I think course, that they're they... saying, uh, Jamal, isn't it? And I'm I'm not up on my Olympic uh, protocols here, but what I understand is that the athletes all have to be vaccinated to go, and that they're yeah. going to stay in the Olympic Village, and that the right. fans who go to the games, uh, go to the venues, have to be vaccinated. That's what well, I and there's, and there's only going to be, and there's only going to be, I think I heard ten percent fans anyway. Well, yeah, 50%. I heard it's going to be fifty percent, fifty percent or ten or ten thousand, whichever is more. So in a yeah. big stadium, it'll be ten thousand. I mean, I think mm-hmm. another place it'll be fifty percent. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. Well, I, now, but go ahead. No, they're going to be vaccinated. Though. Yeah, you are correct. Uh, all, all the athletes are because remember, uh, Pfizer and Moderna was donating the vaccines to all of the Olympic workers, the athletes, everybody over there. If you remember, you know, and I suppose that even encounter uh, in, includes the third world countries. You know, that normally yeah, their yeah, country yeah, men yeah, aren't yeah. getting vaccinated. Go yeah. ahead, Jamal. Yeah. Right. And number number two about uh, the NBA, I think Carlisle's probably a good hire for the Pacers. And as Bill was kind of about Larry Bird, it's a shame that Larry Bird only stayed NBA coaching for three years. I wish he would stay. If, if he would stay coaching for a couple more years, he might have won a title, won the Pacers a title as a coach. Oh, he got him to the final. Because I thought he was, I thought he was a damn good coach. Yeah, in my opinion, that was and kind of fun. That he gave the coaches were out of it, and but everybody here was rooting for the Pacers because you know it was nice to see Larry coaching the team. So that was cool. Right, and also, and also, when talking about the NC two A and likeness, the, st- yeah. the governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois signed the legislation that now makes it legal for student athletes here in Illinois to profit off their likeness. When does that so, go effect? July or September? I think or? it goes. It goes in effect July, from what I understand. Okay, so they got in. They got it in, yeah, in time to get it in effect in July. Okay, yeah. So, so Governor J. B. Pritzker did the right thing. You know, I'm a J. B. Pritzker fan somewhat anyway, but that's another story. But uh, but now as for but now as for Major League Baseball, uh, <laughs> the White Sox just keep the White Sox just keep injured, being injured, but. I'm hoping that in the second half, Luis Roberts and Jimenez can come back. Well, they got Billy Hamilton back today. Yeah, well, that well, that's a good start. But we need, I think, we need Roberts and Jimenez in the second half, certainly. And certainly, we need we need to keep Abreu healthy. And then this team needs to start going on another roll and we winning some games. Now, and, uh, thank goodness, a clue. Go ahead. Go, Jamal. Go, Jamal. 
Thank goodness that the Cleveland Idiots are what three behind the White Sox still. <laughs> I think it's After two. All this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's two. I think it's two games. Yeah. Oh, still t- yeah. Okay, I thought they were a little further ahead, but at least the Indians haven't uh, had an uprising and shot past the White Sox, so that's no. good. And no. now for uh, Pierre's benefit, I know Pierre's still listening to us. Uh, Nico Horner struck out in his first at bat tonight in Indianapolis. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. By the way, uh, you know we talked we talked very quickly about the Cardinals. Uh, not really a whole lot in the standings, but just to get get this out there, they, I know they have like three of their starters were out injured. Are, are any of them going to be coming back soon, or are they all out on long term? Do you know, Perry? Uh, who's that, Chris? I was I was pushing the, by the, the Cardinals. They have a lot of their pitching is out, and uh, are they coming I back? I have not. Or? I have not heard that any of them are close. No. Okay, that's too bad. The NFL. The NFL. Okay, we have a couple couple of items. Uh, let's see. So the NFL, New Orleans has their new radio voice. His game. His name is Mike Hoff. He's uh, going to be. He's sports. He does sports in WWL in New Orleans. So must be a good announcer to be working at WWL. That's a classy radio station. So we'll but see he how he does. Uh, yeah. Well, he did. You know, you, usually when you hire a guy who's not been a player, he's done play-by-play somewhere else. If you're going to have him as a, you know, a, a sports anchor. So you know, like we had Dale Arnold here who'd done play-by-play other places. Well, Cole Beasley is a nut, basically. <laughs> yep. and he, uh, we, we, we got this thing uh, on uh, the David USF sent us. Uh, I think it was him the tenant. Yes. No, no, I'm sorry. That came from a board on our, our system. Anyway, the but thing David is, USF is, is the one that put it on the board, Chris. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. It, it, yeah. All roads lead to David USF. <laughs> um, Cole Beasley is saying not only will he not get vaccinated. Okay, he's not got the right to be crazy and not get vaccinated. But he, he, he won't follow the protocols either. You know, he, he says, you know, he, if he dies, he's at least going to die free. That's what he's going to do. And so the, the whole problem with this is when we were kids, and I forget, it's basically the golden rule, but what, what we used to say is, you know, do your thing unless it interferes with somebody else's thing. So if he's going to walk around, you know, without wearing, you know, without wearing, well, he's not going to do it in NFL camps. He's not going to be in the NFL. He's not going to make any money. He's going to have to, you know, like not play. He's, he's a good player. He, you don't have that many years in the NFL to make money. And, you know, so this is just being totally stupid and he's just being ridiculous. And, you know, he's leading the anti-vax movement in the NFL and leading a bunch of people over and, over the cliff, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, he, yes, he has that right. Okay, you have, you have that choice. But the NFL, as a business, has that choice and has that right to say, hey, uh, you know what? No, you can't work for our business, just like those, right. just like the hospital in Houston. They let those 150 workers go. Same thing. Now, okay, I can see one thing. Let's say if he had gotten COVID in the last month or two, and he's like, I have the antibodies. I got a little bit of a window getting it, you know, because generally you have the antibodies. But if you've had it, if it's been at least six to nine months before, you know, chances are those antibodies are wearing off and you need to get that vaccine. Like, I I get it a little bit with the NC State baseball players. They were trying to wait till the end of the season. You know, was it a stupid decision probably, but I get that more than Cole Beasley. He had all, he's just, I'm not doing it. I'm doing, I'm, he's, make, he's the anti-vaxxer Robert Kennedy Jr. crowd, and, you know. Well, he said no. He said he was going to retire, you know, before he would be vaccinated. Yeah. yeah now, unfortunately, Sean, he must have some influence in the league because there are an awful lot of NFL players that have not gotten their vaccinations. So, yeah, I, but a lot of them have not. But you know, but you know, if you look at if you look at the the data that, and I was looking at a poll, I think it was yesterday. The the younger generation 
as a whole, I mean, the probably the 40 and yeah. up have done pretty well, but the younger generation, yeah. I mean, what whatever your race and politics, most of the younger generation just doesn't care. No, no. And, and, and there's some that are kind of like, you know what, I'm not, but they're not saying I'm not going to go by the protocol. Who knows? They may end up getting it here. They just haven't yet. They may get it before the season and like, hey, I'm yeah. going to go ahead. And, and look at look at Eduardo done. Rodriguez. He had a heart complication. He's back now, but he had a heart complication. I mean, just because you get that and you may swap that off. And he did. He, he was, you know, not real sick, but it turned out it got into his heart and he was out all year because, of, and, you know. That, that he, but you know that what it brings me back to. We have the uh, New Hampshire uh, people have the saying "Live free or die." This guy is uh, believes in "Live free and die." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and that brings up the other thing that apparently the can they can have uh, they they tentatively agree to the opt out for this year. Now it hasn't been made official yet, but when they put it in last year, they said it was going to be around this year, and this kind of leads to another situation. Aaron Rodgers. We, and here's our Aaron Rodgers news. He could technically, if they approve this tentative, you know, opt out again if you're not wanting to do the vaccine right now. Or, you, know, you, you don't have to give a reason. He can go under the COVID opt out and still make his bonus money. And they could even still do that with Deshaun Watson while his, uh, you know. I, I don't think legal. you get. I don't think you get paid or anything if you opt no, out. No, you don't get paid. Uh, no. Certain. You no, know, what they're saying in Aaron Rodgers' situation, not the regular pay, but bonus pay. He would get his $11.3 million, there's some bonus pay that he would get paid. It would not be the regular weekly paycheck. And then there's some other stuff he could make, even still make about $18 million or somehow. But I assume it also suspends your career, like you're not using one of your free agency years to get no, right, you're not. To be a free agent or no, anything no. like that. Yeah, he, and it would be suspended. He could, he could say, you know what, I'm going to use the COVID loophole because I'll still get $11.3 million. Or Deshaun Watson, they could say, let's use this COVID loophole and you'll get your I bonus money, not your regular loophole. We'll see. About all that. Money. Do we have any more NFL notes, Chris, before we bring on Pierre? Uh, I don't, but uh, our NFL insider right over here. Right? Right. Just a couple of very small ones. Uh, Demarius Thomas received a retired oh, this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and the Steelers cut David DeCastro, uh, which means that they've lost four of their five starting linemen from last year. So, wow. And yeah. now, do they do that for cap reasons, Rick? Well, originally they said that, but now the reaction I'm hearing lately is that that he really, when they, when you look at the film, he didn't have a real good year last year, so it may not just be cap reasons. Okay, yeah. all right. And one okay. other one I heard today: the combine. Well, Bill, this may not be good for y'all, but Indianapolis may lose the combine. They may they're talking about taking it on the road and taking it up. Yeah, to this. Oh, I'm surprised actually that it hasn't because they moved the draft. Why wouldn't? Yeah, they, they move they everything. <laughs> yeah, and one of the leading contenders next year for the combine is Las Vegas. So, yeah, Las Vegas and Los Angeles are both two of the leading contenders okay. for it. All right, yeah. So, Right, Rick, here, let's bring on Pierre. I know he wanted to Go talk ahead, about Pierre. hockey, so this will lead in very nicely. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Rick, did I understand you to say that if the Yankees were playing the Russians, you'd vote for the Russians? <laughs> if, the, if the Yankees were playing Al-Qaeda, I'd vote for Al-Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but in, in the Kyle Busch race, the way he won the race, he was in... His, his transmission was stuck in fourth gear, and they had oh, already that's right. given up. That's right. They had already oh. given up. They told him to just go around and get the best finish he could. Well, what happened was when they went in to fix the transmission, 
they couldn't get it fixed. But he stayed out. He stayed in the pit a lap longer than all of the other cars. So when they yeah. uh, so when they gassed him up, he had a, a lap more gas than anybody else. Everybody else ran out of gas, and he run, won the race. <laughs> there you go. Because okay. he, he couldn't slow down. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. And Perry, and, and, and we, we want Kyle Forber back. He just hit a, a, another lead-off <laughs> home run. That, that's 25 for him this year. The, pro- wow. the, prob- the problem you have, though, Pierre, I'll bet you, you know how it usually works. When they're not with the Cubs, they, they hit a like they're going out yeah. of style. Then they were at the Cubs and they don't hit them. And, and that's just good news about Nico, Nico Horner striking out, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I'm telling you. But, I mean, he, he's got 16 home runs in his last 18 games. Yep. Here, wow. you're ready, Pierre, Pierre, you ready for the kiss of death for him? He's going to participate in the home run derby. That always, yes, I, I, that I always crashes somebody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. the other, the, uh, we, uh, we, our sports guy, Bob Lobel on Channel 4, you, why can't we get players like that? You know, show a highlight of these guys going crazy. Why can't we get players like that? And of course, it'd be guys that we let go. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I the NHL. An article, I read an article the other day that said oh. that when they go to the home run derby and they, it changes their swing. It does. Yeah, and that's, when, that's right. And when, and when they come back, they can't do what they were doing before. Now, uh, what Pierre, he, what Pierre you might want to share with uh, Teresa that Pete Alonzo is participating in the home run derby. That's correct, <laughs> he is. Yeah. And, re- and remember, they're all in a conspiracy to ruin his free agency. So, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. And another one that's participating in the home run derby is Sho- Shohei Otani. Yeah, so that'll that's, be real that's good that's for me. I don't want to see him get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing, the thing is, you know what I think they should do when they do that? If I were a smart or a team, I wouldn't let them play the next weekend and just try to like retool, right. you know, just just relax because I think they try to come back and they, you know, and Gonzalez won the home uh, home run derby that time and he was never the same again oh, for the yeah. Red Sox. Speaking so, of the home know. run derby, Chris, the the participants so far are Shohei Otani, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story, and Pete Alonso. Okay, good. No Red Sox. Not yet. No. Okay. I'll get your hot. All right, the hockey. Here we go. So we uh, now have Tampa Bay and uh, beat the Islanders four games to three, a one nothing, very good game on uh, Friday night in Tampa Bay. And so the Islanders got a little, uh, you know, sort of a little revenge thing in their minds because they were thinking about the fans 2011 when they've lost one to nothing here uh, to the Bruins in the seventh game on a Friday night. So that kind of, you know, makes them feel and of a little course bit better. That's the second consecutive year, Chris, that the Islanders have lost to Tampa mm-hmm. Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals. And of course, Tampa Bay won the Cup last year, right? And they right. very easily could do it again this year. So and Montreal yeah. beat uh, Las Vegas four games to two with the winning in, in overtime in Montreal. It's not like they had fans there. It sounded very yeah. loud, so I'm thinking they had fans. I don't know how many they had, but yes, they had fans. Yeah, but about the first time. And in game one, Tampa Bay uh, beat Montreal, though, 5-1. to one. So yeah. one nothing uh, Tampa Bay on that one. And uh, Montreal and Tampa Bay on Wednesday night at... Uh, uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Now I have the whole schedule. David uh, or no, Dave in Toronto gave it. Oh, it's all Dave's all the time. Yeah. And uh, so we have the game one. We already played, of course. Uh, game two on Friday night at uh, eight o'clock. No, game, game three. No, that's game, game three. Game three will game, be Friday. Okay. Game tomorrow two. Night, right. Tomorrow night is Wednesday. Uh, yeah. So that's eight. Game three on Friday at. Uh, uh, you know, eight o'clock as well. The only game that's not at eight o'clock is Game Seven if they get that far. That's uh, right. Then, then we have the game on in uh, Montreal on the uh, game 
Hang on, I've got to look at this. Okay, game four, Tampa Bay, then a Tampa Bay. Okay, then the next one's in Montreal on the second, I think. Yeah, that's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Friday. Friday, and then the fourth game in Montreal is the fifth. So they're not playing the 4th of July. I don't know if NBC has some special programming or something, but they're not going to be playing then. Uh, then the, the, the Daytona. The Daytona. And they have the Daytona race. Oh, that Daytona race, the uh, yeah. Coke Zero sugar thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, the fifth game on the uh, 7th is back in uh, Tampa Bay. And then the sixth game, and that's if necessary, of course. And then the sixth game back in Montreal on the 9th. And then on the seventh game would be July 11th, Sunday night at 7 o'clock. So that's your schedule. Uh, so, and also David got us uh, the Canadian finalists since um, 1993. Of course, Montreal beat the Kings in 93. In 94, Vancouver lost to the Rangers. In yep. 04, Calgary lost to Tampa Bay. Yep. In 06, Edmonton lost to Carolina. Yep. In 07, Ottawa lost to Anaheim. In 11, Vancouver lost to Bruins. And here's Montreal back in 21. So they have lost, uh, how many in a row did they lose in 94, 04, uh, 06? Uh, 07 and 11, they lost five. When they've yep. been there, they've lost five uh, in a row. So yep. there you go. All right. So I think uh, Mr. And Dave, Yuff, Hexall, Dave Hexall, of course, is the new Seattle coach, their first right, one ever. Dave so. told us. Yep. And so I guess it's time for boxing, Robert. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have on boxing this week is uh, ESPN announced on Saturday that they have moved the fight from uh, – the MGM Grand to the Raiders New Allegiant Stadium for Wilder Fury, which and the, of course the football stadium will seat 65,000 people, and they expect all tickets to be sold. And that fight will take place on Saturday, July 24th, and of course that'll be on pay-per-view. Okay, all right. So I think it's now time for the poll question. Yep, and the poll question, which you can call in, download the Zoom app or dial six four six eight seven six ninety nine twenty three, and then enter code two eight seven. 723-4600 is pound key twice, star nine, raise your hand, alt Y on the computer, more key on your, on your phone app. Poll question comes, of course, Tyson Holyfield 2, the anniversary from 97 was yesterday. Uh, what is one of the, some of the strangest things you witnessed in a sporting event? Some of the strangest? All right, so we'll go ahead and start with Chris. Okay, most of them, I guess, I mean, it, it, it becomes a blur, but most of them happened in the past year because most of sports was very strange. You had games without fans. You had hockey games uh, and basketball games in July and August. Uh, actually, this will be the first time when the NHL gets into July, this will be their first July game because they actually started August 1st with their qualifying yeah. round. The NBA did play July 31st. So you had those those kinds of things, you know, no no fans in the stands. We had the uh, triple crown out of order. So the whole COVID year was strange, but getting to regular events, I did hear the uh, – the uh, ten cent beer night in Cleveland when it all uh, fell apart, oh, and that was, that was kind of with Joe uh, Joe um, uh, Tate and Herb Score calling that, and that was kind of difficult to call. Uh, there was another fight where, and I don't remember, Robert. You'll have to tell me what it was. I was listening to it, but this guy Andrew Galata did some weird thing. Oh my God! He, uh, the, we uh, he's not called the file the file pole for for nothing. He's from Pol- He's from Poland. And most of the time when he fought, he tried to break all of the rules. And uh, you're talking about the two fights uh, with uh, him and Riddick Bowe. Uh, yeah. the, I think the first, I think it was the first one in Madison Square Garden is probably the one you heard, Chris, where, yeah, where, where he committed so many fouls, it, uh, they ended up stopping the fight, and they had a riot in Madison Square Garden. They did. They yeah. did. Yeah. They did. 
Now, yeah, one yeah. speaking of Riot, another thing I didn't hear, I heard about it. When uh, Rocket Richard was suspended from the playoffs in 1955, they started a riot in Montreal. He had hit uh, one of the Bruins, I forget uh, which Bruin it was, and uh, it was a dirty hit, and they were going to suspend him for the playoffs. And they started a riot in Montreal and, uh, you know, almost burned down the building, I guess, or came very exactly. close. Yeah, to, I, I remember you know, hearing about that. Yeah, yeah, that was in 55, so I don't remember it. Uh, you know, just, just a lot of weird things. You know, you had the Fog Bowl in, in Chicago. Chicago that time, you know, with the uh, no, with the Philadelphia with the Eagles and the Bears. Right. Uh, you've had a lot of weird weather events like that. Um, just, I don't know. I'm sure more will come to me when, when people bring up other things. There was a uh, there was a football game, and I don't even think it was lightning, but they had to stop it. It was Kansas City. It was a Sunday night game in Kansas City. It was raining so hard they couldn't play. They, they just said they could not play football in the rain, and I don't think it was even a lightning delay. I think it was just a total monsoon out there. And, of course, the, the last college all-star football game didn't get finished because of a lightning delay. We're still waiting for them to come back. They never did. <laughs> for four, 35 years. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Rick. Rick? Okay. Well, I thought for a minute that you weren't going to take any of mine, Chris, but you finally did. Um, <laughs> the, the Fog Bowl was one of the ones I was thinking. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then just um, uh, with, with the COVID last year, like Wednesday afternoon NFL game with the Steelers, yeah. like Steelers and Redskins. Oh, I, oh I, yeah, that was weird. Team. I think, Steelers yeah. in Baltimore, yeah. 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 Um, and then a uh, couple of couple of games with uh, with lights going out the Super Bowl and then and then the Bruins Edmonton game that time. Yeah, uh, and I was trying no, to remember. Uh, I was going to mention that game, but I was trying to remember. Did they just call that game off and say it didn't happen and play the play yeah, that they game? Did. And so what that meant was the Bruins. I guess they were going to have them come back a different time. And the Bruins yeah. lost that other game. They weren't going to win the series, but no. they never really had. You know. Right. Yeah. And then I've got three personal thing, things I was attended. Um, well, the first one we've talked about this before was uh, watching Tony Canigliaro get beaten at Fenway. And with the, yep. the smoke bomb going off just a little bit before that, that was a, a strange situation. Yep. The other two, uh, Chris was actually with me on the other two. One was a, a Celtics playoff game against the San Antonio Spurs, and the, the old Boston Garden was the strangest building I've ever seen in my life. There were there was one time we come in and we showed an usher our tickets. Said, "How do we get to our seat?" He says, "Well, the best way is to go into the men's room here. Go out the other door in the men's room, and that's the shortest way to get to the seat." Um, so that's not what I'm, I'm just, that's just an example. But at halftime, we had, we, we were again, looking for the men's and we went down to a corridor and we're walking along the corridor and all of a sudden a security guard holds up his hand for us to stop. And they pull a curtain across the corridor and the San Antonio Spurs come walking by going from the, from the floor to their <laughs> locker room, just a couple of feet away from us. And I'll tell you, you don't realize till you stand that close to an NBA team, how big those guys are. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one was the only New York Giants regular season game I've ever attended was at the Yale Bowl in New Haven when they were playing there. And Chris I and I were at yeah. yeah, we were at a convention in Connecticut, so we decided we'd go to the game. And it ended up being the first NFL regular season game that was settled in overtime. There, there had been an overtime game before that, Pittsburgh and Denver, but nobody scored. Mm-hmm. This one, the, there's the Giants and the Jets, and actually Joe Namath ended up winning the game in overtime on a bootleg with his bad knees. Yep. Uh, but maybe the strangest thing about that whole game was when we get out, you have, to, you have to, everybody had to take buses back to the train station to go back to New York or Boston, whatever. And we get on a bus, and this is the game was in November, and we get this New York fan, and all of a sudden says, great, now we got two three-and-eight teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. uh, now, was the Colts-Giants game in 58 a playoff game? Or was that yeah. a regular yeah. season? Oh, yeah, oh, that, no. Game. That was yeah. the NFL. Yeah, that was that the NFL. Was okay, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah that was the first right. overtime game of any kind. Was that? Yeah, but but it wasn't. A, I said the first regular season game ended. Okay, right. all right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's all I have. Yeah, that's Harry? Harry? Okay, I'll give you a couple. These are both weather-related ones, and uh, one involves snow, one involves a tornado. And uh, the first one, the snow one, is, is the least funny one. So uh, you and I, the women's basketball team was playing Kansas, and I mean, it was a bomb. Kansas was ahead. I believe the score was 83 to 38. With about 15 minutes to go in the second half, and they had a leak. At, at, at one oh, yeah. end of the of the Unidome, and and of course they you know that's an inflatable roof and all that at the time. Well, in the end, what it was decided was the snow was on the roof, and uh, they were unable to finish the game. Obviously, I mean the game wasn't in doubt, but you know that's mm-hmm. kind of a strange yeah. ending to a basketball yeah. game. And then the the other one was in the 2008, I believe it was the SEC basketball tournament. Oh, Mississippi yeah. State and Alabama were playing at the Georgia Dome. And uh, there's about two minutes to go in the game, and and uh, all of a sudden you hit, there's they stop they they hit a free throw and they stop play, and Jack Crystal couldn't figure out why, the Mississippi State announcer why they stopped play, and and Bart Gregory says, well, there's a he said there's some water you know coming in down at the far end of the court, and you know they don't want to play with that, and uh, in the end it went on and on, and uh, these older announcers of course are, are just hilarious the way they analyze things and. Uh, Jack Crystal says, well, I suppose we'll just sit here and continue to report on the disaster. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Little did did he know that in the end it was a a mid-range, an F2 tornado that had went through the, you know, that had clipped the Georgia Dome. And then they had to switch the games the next day to play at Georgia Tech. And I don't know how in the world they managed to do it. But the Kentucky fans, those darn Kentucky fans, they find ways, even though they're not supposed to be there, they found ways to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I'm trying to remember the year, and you guys will remember this. A Sunday night, of course, the Super Bowl. And the beginning, maybe they had started. I'm not sure. And maybe it was the 49ers. I'm trying to yep. remember the game. The Ravens. It was, it was the Hardball Bowl. It was the Hardball Bowl. Yep. Yeah, 2012, 2012-13 yep. season. And what happened was they got to halftime, and they got yeah. through the halftime show. And then they, I don't remember if they started the third quarter, but they yeah, couldn't they get did. the lights up. They did. Yeah. Did they start the third quarter? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and, and Baltimore is well ahead, and that got San Francisco going, and they almost won the game. Yeah. And, you know, that, that delay. And Ray Lewis says there was a conspiracy against the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. He sure did. Oh, uh, Ray Lewis, he had some troubles there. But oh, yeah. the yeah. other one, real quickly, was the, another time the Pacers were playing in New Orleans and a similar situation happened. And I don't think the game had started, but they had to cancel the game with all the leaks and all the uh, problems, and they were analyzing and going on and on and on and on. And I, those are my two right quickly. Near the end of the old garden we had, I remember the Celtics were playing the Hawks. It was just a Wednesday night game around Thanksgiving. And it was, I don't think it was raining really that bad, but it just started, the roof started to leak, and they had to stop the game. And uh, I don't remember how they uh, got around it or what they did with it. I don't think they, maybe they picked it up at another time or just played it in Atlanta another day. But, I mean, they, they did something. But, the, you know, they, they, the Celtics were, you know, it was just a regular Wednesday night game, and they had to, uh, had to not, had to stop. Cause well, back in, back in, I believe it was 2008 also, the Iowa, the I Cubs were playing Nashville, and of course there was flooding, you know, all around the Midwest that year. And 
um, they had to play in front of no fans because there was an evac. Technically, uh, where we live should have been evacuated, but we did not evacuate. And uh, but it was there was an evacuation because of a flood situation, and they played in front of zero fans. And it was a combined radio broadcast with Iowa and Nashville. Well, in the in the end, you know, you certainly didn't think you'd ever see no fans again. Little did I know what would happen twelve years later. But yeah. but in the end. There was no flooding situation at all. It was a it was a flawed gauge that uh, gave them bad information. So, well, I forgot about in '89 there was a tournament with no fans. The I think it was called at that time the ECAC North. Of, uh, other it was times Sienna. It was Sienna had the measles. Yeah, Sienna had oh, the yeah. uh, measles outbreak, and they uh, the tournament was uh, at Hartford, the University of Hartford, and there were no fans and just the media. So the media was able to go, no fans, and Sienna won the tournament. And uh, yep. they were able to go to the NCAA. Uh, they were a good team. I mean, that was fine. They and Northeastern had the two best teams. They got to go to the tournament. And, uh, you know, they could play before. By that time, the epidemic had uh, settled down. They could play before fans in the NCAA. And, of course, I think they won the first-round game, lost the second or something. But, uh, yeah, I remember that in 89. And then, of course, we had the thing in 14. And uh, was it what year was that? Was it 14 in Baltimore with the uh, fans uh, with the White Sox? With uh, no 14, fans. Uh, uh, I think it was it, somewhere it was around 2015. Um, okay. Well, I, I've got a couple of them. Of course I did see the Holyfield, uh, Tyson thing. I, I actually paid for the fight and I was so disgusted that Mike Tyson did that. I mean, hell that they had a real good first fight and a second fight. He, he does this crap. Um, he was headbutting him. He yeah. was headbutting him first he, and, and then, and I think that first time, I mean, Holyfield's looking over at Mills Lane and like, what? Yeah. What is he? <laughs> and uh, uh, by all by all rights, he, he uh, Mills Lane is a was a judge at that time. He could have arrested yeah. arrested Tyson in the ring, but he for whatever yeah. reason chose not to do that. Uh, but I'll give you another one. Of course, the Coliseum is known for their light outbreaks. Well, we had a uh, major light malfunction in May of uh, 2019. When uh, May seventh, two thousand nineteen, when the Cincinnati Reds were playing the Oakland A's, and that night, my, uh, Mike uh, Fires was our starting pitcher. Uh, we had an hour and forty-five minute uh, light delay because it took them forever to figure out what they were going to do. They played the game, and Mike Fires threw his second no hitter. That was the night <laughs> he did that. Uh, but you know, also, speaking of baseball, Robert, don't forget about the World Series and. Yeah, yeah, with the earthquake. Yeah, no, nobody will, nobody will forget that. And uh, let's see, uh, there was another one I was going to mention. Um, darn, I can't remember what it was now, but, um, but no, uh, we've had some strange. Oh, I know the the uh, the game in Cincinnati with the uh, Chargers and the Bengals. You talk about weather problems. What was it? Fifty nine below when the Bengals and and Chargers. Well, that was a windshield. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't actually. That was a windshield. Yeah. 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 It, it was that. That had to be the coldest. It was colder than the ice ball. It was. Yeah. It was colder yeah. than the ice ball that they're always talking about. But the reason they talk about first of all, Green Bay and Dallas are the two great teams, and the Chargers and and Bengals have not exactly won any Super Bowl. No. So 
other than they that, did, like they number did not. one. Number two, it was a great game. The, the Bengals blew the Chargers out. So yes, that's they did. You yes. hear much yep. about it, but it was colder yep. than, than the uh, Green Bay-Dallas game there on uh, New Year's Eve of 67. That's and right. We'll go with, okay, here we Sean. go. We'll go to Sean, and then we have Pierre and Jamal in that order. Okay, Sean, well, go. Okay, Pew, I was thinking, what, remember, was it 1982, I believe it was, the Cal-Stanford game, the band game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the band came on the field, and then they ended up scoring a touchdown and winning the game. That's yep. right. Uh, okay, I remember how about the one the Music City Miracle? That was pretty crazy, too. The yeah, Music City yeah, Miracle think, in Buffalo but, at that time. Houston, but, Tennessee. But what, well, yeah, no, but I'm talking like straight, like odd. But like one that I look at, and of course we all remember Kevin Harlan and the Cat. Yeah, uh, right. Was yeah. We all remember that one. And yep. how about this? This came up a couple times yesterday. Remember when Randy Johnson threw the pitch? Oh, yeah. And it killed the bird. Was yeah. it a pigeon? Yeah. Well, Dave, Dave, Dave Winfield hit a ball that killed a pigeon in Toronto. Yeah, but, no, but yeah, Randy Johnson hit him with a pitch. That was brutal. Yeah. Randy oh, Johnson hit him with a yeah. pitch. And, yeah. and, it is, and remember, he got all kinds of protests over there. Like, How could you? Because yeah, Dave Winfield If the pigeon yeah, would have survived, could he go take his base? There was nothing but feathers everywhere. It was crazy. Oh, two other things. Two other things. Remember the Joe Theismann uh, broken leg with the oh Redskins you know, the Redskins oh, at that time Monday night football. Monday night football. Lord, also, Lord, remember, Lord. Yeah. remember yeah. the Colts playoff game with the airplane in the stands just after the game ended? Yeah. The, the private yeah. airplane crashed into the stands. I had to go to a music rehearsal, but I was on the way back. You, I, I heard about it, yeah. And yeah. you want to talk about flying things. What about the uh, the uh, fan that flew out of the stands during, uh, one, <laughs> oh, yeah. during, during one of the, uh, I think it was Bo Holyfield, one of those fights. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah. well, wasn't and there I mean, a guy who wasn't. died? Was it Texas Rangers game, wasn't it? He was yeah. climbing somewhere, and he, he was not supposed to be, and he fell off the yeah. fell over out the, of the yeah. stands yep. and was, died. Yep. And, and you know it wasn't it wasn't so much strange, but I mean that I've mentioned it before the Payne Stewart, you know that plane oh, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was kind of yeah. and they, they were really they, they were really remember? worried they were really worried though, Chris, that that, that plane might crash, you know, crash, in a major yeah. anyway. Major yeah. Pierre, hold on, what, yeah. what does Pierre have to say? Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. I, I came up with another. Dave DeBecky, okay. everybody said this looked gruesome, too, that he threw a pitch and his arm broke right there. Exactly. Right yeah, yeah they, they said they could hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can hear it through the TV microphone. Yeah. It was in Montreal when that happened. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe there, okay, probably yeah. Weren't, there probably weren't any fans up there. Go ahead and unmute Pierre. <laughs> All right, Pierre. Pierre. Go ahead, Pierre. He's coming. He'll get here. I think on the on the phone on the iPhone it takes a little. Jamal, long. if you want to unmute, you can go ahead and we'll. We'll talk to anybody. We're, we're, go there ahead, you Jamal. go. Okay, a couple of strange things that stand out. Of course, the fog ball in the Bears playoff game against the Eagles, which yep. the Bears won. I'll never forget that. The black the big blackout is the 2012 Super Bowl. Yep. I'll never forget that. I was in Washington D.C. at a legislative seminar watching at a hotel bar. When that happened, it was, you know, I was like, what the hell? And then, of course, the earthquake in 1989. Right. But here's a situation that really stood out play-wise. I think this happened about four or five years ago. Michigan was playing Michigan State. Michigan took a lead with about seconds left. Something happened, and Michigan State blocked the punt and ran it back for a touchdown to win the game. I think it was about four or five years ago. Well, then that would okay. bring up the Auburn-Alabama thing, you know, where, Auburn, they, Alabama, were, yeah. where they were turned yeah. to block. 
What about disco demolition night? At, uh, That's right, disco, oh. disco night. Ah, yeah, yeah. ah, yeah. See, see, see. What made Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer famous when they blew up disco records between a doubleheader between White Sox and Detroit Tigers, messing up the uh, messing up the field of the old Comiskey uh, Park. Yeah. Park, and then in 1980, it was yeah, it was 19, it was 85. I think it was 85. The White Sox 2016 marathon game, where. Whereby the yeah, game ended and Tom Seaver picked up the win and the extra innings in was a starter in the next game and he won the game on that game. Ah, that's something. I pull on pull on a Wilbur Wood. You know, Wilbur Wood used to yeah. do that stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's, that was, uh, now we can hear you. Pierre. I can hear Pierre now. Go ahead, Pierre. Okay, uh, okay, Perry. I'm surprised you didn't mention the one with the uh, old Miss guy just missing the touchdown because he broke his leg. Just oh, that, that's right. I remember that too. <laughs> right, and, and that uh, and that was a gruesome injury too. Yeah, but uh, I, I have three. One of them happened. What was it? Last week, whenever they were checking the the, the pictures for the sticky stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and the. Uh, one guy goes up to the to the ump. He takes off his hat, hands it to him. Takes off his glove, hands it to him. Takes off his belt, hands it to him, and drops his pants. Drops and he's that, 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 was, that was Sergio Romo that did that. Yep, I, yep. Sergio Romo. And and Bob Melvin said that'll never happen again. I promise you. <laughs> if but, you want uh, to start unmuting, we'll get to you after Pierre's done. And and, uh, and and the other one is uh, LSU was losing a baseball game eight to nothing, and it was in the eighth inning. And about that time, this possum runs across the field, and everybody's out there chasing the possum around, and they finally catch the possum, and when it started back, LSU got hot and won nine to eight. <laughs> and there was a game I remember. I just popped into my head when people say these things, and then other things come to my mind. It was right after they'd come back from the strike, I think in '87, and it was a Jets game, and a squirrel got on the field. You remember that, Rick? They were chasing yeah. a squirrel around for a while, yeah. and that, that yeah. delayed the game for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, so, now, do they, so, Pierre, do they call that well, the Pierre, rally? Po- do they call that the rally possum? Then, Pierre, yeah, the rally possum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, they sold rally possums and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, 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 the other other one is uh, the Saints were playing uh, the Rams. Okay, they played the National Anthem. They set off these fireworks. You know, it's real smoky. So they kind of wait for the smoke to clear, and then they put the players on the field, and the guys running up to the ball, the, the uh, guys running up to, to, to kick the ball, and all of a sudden they stopped. And the, uh, and the uh, announcer said, what are they stopping the game for? And they look up in the rafters of the Superdome, and when they popped off the fireworks, the Superdome was on fire. <laughs> up, up in the oh. rafters. So that, we had a thing in Chicago one night at Comiskey Park. Boy, these stories will never end. We had yeah. a thing one night in, in Chicago, Comiskey Park, on a Friday night game. Red Sox playing the White Sox. It was about the eighth oh, inning. And uh, Comiskey Park, part of it caught on fire. A popcorn thing, one of those uh, popcorn uh, poppers 
you know, caught fire. This is in 74. I guess they weren't doing microwaves yet. And it caught fire, and there was a fire going, and they had to evacuate part of the stands to stop the game for about 20 minutes. Then there was another one the Red Sox were involved in, in and I missed it. I was uh, up in New Hampshire, and I was busy that night. But they, uh, Rick, you might remember that the Red Sox were playing the Twins, and they had a bomb yep. scare, and they had to evacuate yep. the whole field, you know, yep. Metropolitan Stadium. So, yeah. Let's bring on oh, wow. uh, David for his uh, strange uh, events. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. David's got a few. <laughs> yeah, he just took a lot of mine, but I have one to add. Okay. Uh, and, uh, in the 1993 French Open, Monica Seles was the number one women's tennis player in the world at, at the time. And uh, during the uh, one of the uh, tournament, one of the rounds, um, a crazed German man snuck up behind Monica Seles and uh, stabbed Seles in the back. I yeah, forgot right. about and, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, his, his, I guess his, uh, the police said his reasoning was he wanted to uh, stop Seles so that uh, Steffi Graf was a German, would become number, right. the number one player again. So, yeah, yeah. weird story yeah. there. Crazy. That's it. I, I forgot about that one. Yeah. You know, and wow. the sad thing is we don't know half the stuff that happens in soccer in Europe. No. I was surprised no one brought up Heidi Bowl. Oh, well, there's that, sure. Well, yeah, sure. there's that. Uh, I've I heard about it on the radio. Life. I got yeah. to hear. I was listening to Jet, and my brothers were watching it in the other room, and they couldn't see the end of it, but I heard the end of it. And, yeah. you know, that was that was crazy, too. Yep. Yep. I've heard about it all my my life. Yeah. Yeah, you're about four years old. uh, Long last. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, they're worth waiting for because we have deaths for you. That's right. Rene Robert, 72 years old, born in Quebec, of course, and he was in the French Connection line, and now we know who that was with Gil Perot and uh, Richard Martin, and uh, they, were, of course, were the big line for Buffalo. But I was surprised he played on all these different teams. Yeah, he scored uh, the w- winning goal in overtime in uh, Game Three of the '75 Finals, but they lost to Philadelphia four games to two. Uh, Buffalo did. Well, they've, they've only been in the final. I think they've been in the final twice. The other time they lost. Yeah, '75 and '99, and they lost both yeah. times in six games. He and was an All Star they- in '73 and '75. And then he was a junior and played in the minors from 65 through 71. Then the Rochester Americans, uh, uh, 69, 70. And then uh, then a five-game uh, tryout with Toronto in 70. Then he played for the Penguins, 71, 72. Then Buffalo, 72 through 79. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, yes, they were a hockey team that became the New Jersey Devils later, uh, 79 through 81. I think that's what they did. Yeah, they, they became the Devils. And yep. then Toronto, 81 and 82. And then uh, he scored 740, 744 games, 284 goals, 418 assists for 702 points and 597 penalty minutes. And then in 50 playoff games. He scored 22 goals, 19 assists for 41 points, and 73 minutes. And he was the president of the NHL Alumni Association. And uh, he joined the uh, was a member of the Buffalo Hall of Fame in '89. And his number was retired on November 15, 1995. And uh, and his uh, he made a uh, his driveway uh, out of. Uh, I did something in his driveway. I forget what he did, but he took material from uh, the odd, the old uh, Buffalo odd that they used to play in the War, War Memorial Auditorium. And when they tore it down, he got a bunch of souvenirs and used them to, uh, you know, put up something for his driveway. I don't know exactly. He had a heart attack on June 18th and died on June 22nd. We have Brian London, 87 years old, born Brian Harper. Uh, but of course, stage name, better name, London, if you're going to be British, fought from 55 through 70, British uh, uh, heavyweight champion, 58 and 59. 
twice fought for the uh, heavyweight championship, lost to Floyd Patterson in 59 and Muhammad Ali in 66. And David USF played us a fight uh, over the phone uh, from August 6th of 66 with uh, Howard Cosell. Uh, you know, and it brought up an interesting point. Howard Cosell was doing the uh, color, because back then they didn't let him do the play-by-play that they did later. Bill Fleming was doing the fight. I hadn't thought about Bill Fleming in years. And the thing was, Fleming was calling him Cassius Claysdale in 66. Oh, now, yeah. we, we all know that people, by the time Jabbar changed his name in 71, everybody was, uh, you know, on board with that kind of stuff. When, when uh, Ahmad Rash, you know, Bobby Moore became Ahmad Rashad, people just got with it. But they were so mad at Ali for, you know, his, you know, not wanting to fight in Vietnam and all that. And it really was a kind of a racist thing that they, 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 many of them, even up into the 70s, would still call him Cassius Clay. So it was kind of weird. As a matter of fact, Rick uh, told a funny story about this. He was, uh, he was in the uh, our college lounge in 71, and one guy talking to this other guy and saying, who's that Jabber guy? I'm looking at the box for us. He's getting all these points for, for uh, Milwaukee. Jabber. I never Jabber. heard of him. And his friend said, oh, that's Lou Alcindor. He changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He said, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, so anyway, as I said uh, before, uh, he lost Ingmar Johansson in another fight. But those fights were kind of cool because they were on um, – it was the first sporting events we got live from satellite that I can remember. And they were on Wide World of Sports. And he fought Henry Cooper uh, in like earlier in the summer. Then he fought uh, uh, London in August 6th. And then on September 10th, they said he was going to go. And I remember the fight fighting Carl Mildenberger in Germany. So those are cool. We get to watch those fights on Saturday afternoon. It worked out fine for uh, you know Europe because it was 11 o'clock at night over there. So that was good. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. He was uh, 37, 20, and 1, I guess, and 26 knockouts. And uh, he died after a long illness. And then... Uh, and uh, the fight that uh, we got was from Earl's Court Hall. Uh, I wonder if that was air-conditioned in uh, August. But uh, anyway, that's where they had the fight. Okay, the next one we have here is uh, Dwight uh, Siebler. Yeah, I knew I got it wrong earlier. 83 years old, uh, played for the Minnesota Twins from 63 through 77. He was uh, eight. He started eight of forty-eight games, mostly a bullpen guy. One hundred and seventeen and a third innings. He was four and three record over his career. Three point four five ERA, seventy-one strikeouts. On May fifth, May eighteenth of fifty-seven, the day I had my first communion, he pitched a no-hitter for the for Nebraska, which he lost on his own throwing error. That was the first uh, no-hitter for the Cornhuskers, and he, he came up into the majors on August twenty-sixth of sixty-three. He last appeared in the majors on April thirtieth of sixty-seven. Uh, he then. Uh, ran heating and air conditioning business in Nebraska, and uh, then he was uh, into the Nebraska Hall of Fame in 94. Then we have Patrick Allen, defensive back, uh, 59 years old. He was a cornerback uh, from Seattle. He, he played college ball at Utah State. He, of course, played for the Houston Oilers. We mentioned that earlier. Always have an Oiler in here, 84 through 90. Then he started uh, 72 of 106 games. Seven interceptions, five fumble recoveries. Recoveries found dead in Seattle uh, uh, in his uh, Seattle apartment, and an autopsy is pending. We have uh, Jack Ingram, 84 years old, the Iron Man. They called him. He was uh, before the Bush series. He won three uh, late model sportsman championships in 72 through 74. And Bush started in 82. He had 265, 275 races from 82 through 91. He had 31 wins, 164 top 10, and five pole positions. Uh, he won them between 45 and 50, uh, you know, in, in his own age. In 80, he was the champion for Bush in 82 and 85. And his record was uh, broken by Mark Martin in 97 with 19 Cup uh, 
series uh, wins. Uh, then 65 through 81, uh, four top 10 finishes. He was in these uh, short track races, four top 10 finishes, runner-up to uh, Petty in uh, 67 at the, uh, and I'm not sure where that was. And then uh, 2007 Motorsports Hall of Fame and NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2014. And he uh, 300 races in his career that he won. And again, with short track and uh, just ran. And he did his own work on his car. So he was one of the old-fashioned guys. When you watch those documentaries about the the older guys and how they did their own, you know, stock car mint. You took it off the, you know, the. Uh, the dealer's floor and you worked on it and made it your own and got out there. There weren't all these big racing teams. A couple more here were Brian Bamford, 84, 85 years old, competed in the European uh, PGA Tour. He was the British Open in 61 through 65, tied for 21st in 65, and then he was the British PGA champion in 61. He, uh, he had only eight wins in his uh, in his career, and he, uh, let's see, but the PGA championship, he had 266, so still a record for low score in that, and then he played in the senior European tour until mid-90s, and then uh, the last one is Sergio Victor Palma, 65 years old. He was a super bantamweight uh, champion for the WABA. Uh, uh, WBA. WBA, I'm sorry. And uh, he was the champion from August 9th of 80 through June 12th of 82. 52, five, uh, 52 five and 5, 20 knockouts, and died of uh, COVID-19 complications. Remember anything about him, uh, Robert? Uh, no, because... Uh... Uh, those were the uh, those were the days that uh, if they were overseas fighters and once they fought here in the U.S., you didn't you didn't know a whole lot about them. So, unfortunately, no. Okay, so I thought being the WA, WBA uh, bantamweight, they would have had him come over to uh, fight somewhere, you know. But uh, uh, they might know. have. But um, you know, I I, I didn't uh, when when David put the announcement out, I'm like I don't remember that person. And then when yeah. I heard when he fought, I'm like I really should know this person, but I yeah. Uh, yeah. name don't ring a bell. So mm-hmm. okay, that's well, it. Sean, okay. Sean, one, why one, don't you? I mean, hold, hold on, <laughs> one quick uh, one, Chris. Uh, it, it reminded me when when you talk about Randy Robert and, and hockey and stuff. Uh, David Pasternak for the Bruins this week. His wife and he, they lost their six day old baby boy died yeah. last last Didn't Wednesday. Oh. Now, that, that that was a shame. I just wanted to. And uh, yeah. in regards to Buffalo, Chris, you were talking about how they only been to the finals twice. Both times they lost in six games. 75 to the Flyers, 99 to the Dallas Stars, and of course, game 6 of 99, that was the famous Brad Hall goal in the crease thing. Yeah. Instant replay, if if they would have had it back then, that goal would have been overturned and the game would have continued. That was when they had the joke about every time a Buffalo team plays a Dallas team in a championship, they lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, Sean, go ahead and wrap up, and your wrap up will not be overturned. No. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, you can check us out anytime if you miss this. Download the podcast, legendoldies.com. Type in Sports Lounge Live, three words. All of your podcatcher will deliver it to you. Tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine, and hope everybody has a good uh, Independence Day, Canada yep. Day, whatever. You know, hey, hope a good weekend. So we'll be Try back to stay cool if you're in one of those uh, dangerous areas. Yes, know? please. It's hot. We'll 